Welcome to episode 124 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight are my two other co-hosts. We have Mark Nadeau and Ash Collins. Ash, how's everything going tonight now that we have the technical issues solved? Wait, wait, wait. When did I start getting third billing here? When, yeah. <laughs> oh, about uh, three months ago. Oh, God damn it. I see how this oh. is. I see how this is. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. I actually did that last <laughs> week because Mark was bitching a few weeks ago. He wanted me to change it. And so I did it last week and no one said anything. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just keep going, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. But see, I see how it is. I see yeah. nothing wrong with your decision-making whatsoever, <laughs> Capitan. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, you know, right, the Canadians so Mark, did, lose, did lose in the curling in the Olympics, so I guess we have to give at least, you know, that much to him. So. Ooh, that is a little bit. Oh. Mark was following curling in the Olympics. so I was. I'm a big fan <laughs> of female like, curling. Love the go. female curling. Team That's Canada amazing. just won in the world. Just saying. Team they Manitoba. Just, Oh yeah, the the world curling, uh, the world literally curling nobody has just any idea what you're talking about. Just so you <laughs> no See, idea what you're talking about, and that's sad because it's a global sport. And like the world <laughs> curling championships for for the women just finished a few days ago. I think it was on Sunday. Nobody oh. knows about it. If it's not the Olympics, no. nobody cares. But uh, exactly, yeah, uh, Canada won, beat Sweden, I believe, in wow. the finals for gold. Yeah, so yay oh. us. Go Canada. Are we sure yes. they weren't Norwegians in disguise? It's very possible. They're all blonde <laughs> with blue eyes and very, very attractive. So Very, very attractive. You know, I think I went oh. through a box of Kleenex. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Well, Mark, I know how Ash is now. He's disgruntled. But how are you t- tonight? Uh, chafing because I've been masturbating to curling all week. So, <laughs> Oh, good Lord. I- I'm actually podcasting standing up tonight. Good for you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my coworker was like, oh, I told my my uh, other coworker about your podcast. And I'm just thinking, oh, Jesus, don't do that. Like, don't oh. do that. They can't hear this shit. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, our, our social media can use some follows. So please follow us, coworkers. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. All right. So tonight we are continuing our Enter the Matrix arc with a review of 2003's The Animatrix. And we also have a review of episodes three and four of season yes. one of the TV series Slasher. Slasher. Oh, which can be found on Netflix if you so desire. All right. Before we do that, though, <laughs> let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at cinefessions.com. And you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at one three zero two four four eight talk that's one three zero two four four eight talk You can also check out our long list of past reviews and all 124 podcast episodes right over at cinefessions.com. And also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are essential to helping us grow and become a larger podcast. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. And as we've been saying, if you do like us, please just tell a friend about us. A great way for us to grow along with those iTunes reviews are simply word of mouth. So the more people you tell about us, the more people that can tune in and listen to us every week. So we thank you guys, whether you do that, uh, you know, talk, talk to us, uh, talk to people about us using iTunes or just word of mouth. We appreciate it either way. So thank you guys. 
All right, with that out of the way, let's talk our weeks in media. So last week uh, we took off because I had crazy work shit going on, so I just needed to take the week off. So we have a couple weeks worth of shit to talk about. Unfortunately, because I was so busy with work last week, I didn't really do too terribly much. Um, It was basically go to work and then come home and kind of just de-stress, you know, just kind of sit there and let the uh, let shit fly by. So I watched a ton of YouTube and things like that. But um, so I guess I'll I'll continue on with mine real quick here because I don't have too terribly much to talk about. Uh, one thing I did do, I taught, I listened to an audiobook. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I have a, a a much longer commute to work now. It's about forty to sixty minutes each way. So. Um, it's a great time. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that way. Um, and I was thinking, you know what? Like I have Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A, which is an app that you can download for your smartphone. And you can actually put in your library card information. I don't know if this works in Canada, but here in the States at the very least, you can put in your library card information and you can rent books, borrow books off of this service for free up to however many your library allows per month. Um, so like mine, I'm allowed to borrow like eight items and there's graphic novels, audiobooks, um, regular, you know, eBooks, uh, movies actually on there too. Like it's a really cool, cool thing. And again, it's free if you connect your library card to it. But one thing I was using it for was audiobooks. And so I downloaded, um, Psycho by Robert Block a couple weeks back. Um, so I could listen to that to and from work. So This one is narrated by Paul Michael Garcia, and he does an absolutely fantastic job with his reading. Um, He has, he finds distinct voices for every character, and it never comes off as corny or forced at all, which I think, you know, if I was in that line, I feel like that would be the most difficult thing is to make it sound genuine, to make each character sound realistic. But he does so damn good with it. Um, the characters, they just come alive with his reading. I love it. He just does such a great job. Um, and then the book itself, the story itself that Block writes, it's very intelligently written. Um, obviously, you know, most people already know Twist, but I'm not going to talk about it, obviously, just in case you haven't. Um, but there's so many, you know, twists and turns in it. And it's just, it's so smartly written. If you know the twist going in, because obviously I've seen the film, so I know what happens. Um, but if you know that coming into it, just the way it's written is so smart uh, because if you know you don't know what it is, it sounds one way. But if you do know what's going on, then it you can you know take it in a whole different way. And it's just it's so good. It is so damn good. Now it doesn't really stray too far from the film. So Hitchcock really did stri- you know stick to Block's story a pretty good amount. Obviously, there are things that are different, but um, you know overall, it felt very true to what I know of it from you know watching the film. Um, but if you are an audiobook fan at all. Or if you just have an interest in reading this book, period, it's only about five and a half hours worth of audiobook, and it is absolutely worth your time. Um, I ended up finishing it in just a week with my two driving to and from home because I just I couldn't stop listening. You know, I was wanted to listen to music, but I was like, no, I have to keep going because I, I just really enjoyed it a lot. So I gave uh, that one three and a half out of four stars, and I highly recommend it to anyone who is maybe trying to find a a good audiobook to listen to. That one is awesome. Uh, and definitely comes highly recommended. Have you either of you read the um, or listened to the audiobook of uh, Psycho? Mm, no, 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 I haven't. Okay. okay, 
I was just interested, but yeah, so I, you know, I definitely recommend it if you, if you're interested at all. Definitely a great book, whether you're listening or reading, I definitely recommend it. If we're, if we're um, talking, um, if you're, if we're talking, uh, psycho, uh, killers though, um, I have to say, if you were a fan of Silence of the Lambs, the film, Silence of the Lamb, the book is almost like the film is almost lifted directly from the book and it is really good read. So, oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. So if you, if you're into the, you know, movies based on, or movie, you know, books from that the movies were based on. Yeah. I would go with definitely yeah. check out Silence of the Lambs. Awesome. I'll have to see if they have that one on Hoopla. They have so much, so I'd be surprised if they didn't, but I'll have to check it out. Very good. Yeah, and then uh, I didn't – no movies, no no film. I, like I said, I watched a ton of YouTube. Basically, if when I got home, I put on YouTube, and I was watching um, a lot of this channel called Many a True Nerd. Um, and he was, he does like a lot of just gameplay videos and I know some people don't like that. They just rather play the game and that's totally fine. I completely understand that for some reason I enjoy watching others play the game. I always did when I was younger too. I loved watching my uncle play through like resident evil and things like that. And so it's just something that kind of I've done forever. I just like watching other people play games. And so, um, I'm many a true nude, like there's a couple games now that I was watching that I really want to try. Um, that he just made look like they were a lot of fun. Um, and so I was watching a ton of that, just kind of relaxing. And if it wasn't that, I had on the WWE Network. Um, I've been watching a bunch of old pay-per-views. So I watched, um, I'm just I'm just going to list them what I watched because I don't want to talk about them all. Okay. Uh, Survivor Series 95, Great American Bash 2004, SummerSlam 92. And then I started at WrestleMania 13, which is from 1997. And what I decided is that I want to watch so many people consider that Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin match from mm-hmm. WrestleMania 13, where he doesn't tap, he just passes out with the blood. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And um, they consider that kind of the start of the Attitude Era. And um, so I decided, you know, what I'm going to do is watch through all of the major pay-per-views from WrestleMania 13 on. So I watched WrestleMania 13, um, and I gave that one a C plus. I watched King of the Ring 1997. Uh, that, of course, where um, Booker and Mantine fight. So um, uh, Booker, Jesus Pete's Triple H, excuse me, Triple H and Mantine <laughs> fight. Um, I'm sticking to King Booker. Okay. But, so if you don't know, so actually 1996, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, was scheduled to win the King of the Ring and kind of start his ascent to the main event scene. But they had that infamous curtain call with the click. Where Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, uh, Scott Hall, uh, Kevin Nash, and Hunter Hussamzi, who are, you know, known as the click backstage, they came out together on um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash's final night in the WWE before they bolted for WCW. And they shared a hug in the ring and like, you know, kind of celebrated with the crowd. It was a house show. So Vince gave the okay beforehand that he thought it wouldn't have that much backlash. But apparently... The, the locker room just went nuts. You know, people saying they just killed KFOB, like they just destroyed the industry, so on and did, so forth. Did he Did he give the okay? I don't think he, he did. did. No, he d- absolutely did. Yes, before they went out mm. there. But then, then, then why was Triple H punished then? Because somebody caught on video? Talk about. Yeah. So oh, what sorry. happened, all this backlash happened and Vince says, hey, like, I know I said you could do it, but like, I have to do something at this point. Otherwise, it's going to like the everybody else backstage, it's going to cost too much, too many problems. So... Because, Sean, you're my main event guy. I can't really do anything to you. Triple H, you're the one who has to eat shit for this. And his quote is something like, you're going to have to eat shit and like it. You're going to have to eat plates and plates of shit and like it. 
because somebody has to pay for this. And that's actually what gave Triple H all of this respect backstage because he took his punishment and didn't complain about it. And so all the guys kind of saw that, you know, how he was handling it and they started, you know, kind of getting behind him at that point. And mm-hmm. so that's how his, you know, his ascent started. But he, that was supposed to happen in 96. And because of that, he, he lost that King of the Ring. Obviously, Stone Cold beat Drake Roberts in the finale. And that's when Austin 316 was born. Um, you know, John 316, but Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass. Um, and Triple H started losing a bunch of matches. And so it wasn't until around King of the Ring 97 and a little bit prior WrestleMania time where he started winning. China came in and eventually this will, you know, lead to uh, lead to DX and everything. So it's fascinating. Like I love the history of professional wrestling uh, and I've been watching just so much shit on it again on YouTube, watching so much on it and everything like that. And so, yeah, so watching kind of this start of Stone Cold um, at WrestleMania 13 with that Bret Hart match, I was watching with Bridget and I was like, man, you're about to witness like just something magical right now, like the start of just something incredible. And um, just kind of explaining to her, like you have the whole double turn, like it's fucking awesome. Cause like Bret Hart comes in being cheered. Stone Cold comes in being booed. The match happens, which is a phenomenal match. At the end of it, Bret Hart goes nuts and beats on Stone Cold even after the bell. And he is booed and being flipped off on the way out. He's telling fans to fuck off. And Stone Cold walks off on his own accord and he's being cheered and the Austin chance. Like, it's just fuck. It's phenomenal. Like Vince couldn't have gotten luckier with that booking. Like it was perfect. And so, yeah, I watched that and then I watched King of the Ring 97. Um, I've actually started SummerSlam. And so I kind of w- just want to go through like the major ones through the Attitude Era. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's been fun to watch. But... And well, that's uh, when then... like the WWE wrestling got good again, because if you go back yeah. to like what you used to like as a kid is one thing. But like you start from the beginning, WrestleMania 1, or at least mm-hmm. that era, the wrestling's pretty boring to watch. And then it gets really, then you get into your nostalgia phase, at least for myself, with the honkies and the snakes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you go to like the pre attitude era. Generation. Oh, yeah, that's hard. Generation. That's some painful stuff to watch is that new generation stuff until WrestleMania 13, that I quit match. And then yep. it starts to, you know, now they're competing with WCW and right. it, it, where it gets more entertaining. Exactly. But, uh, I still yeah, think like today's watching- wrestling is the best, but, oh, uh, yeah. man, after the new, uh, the new generation, Mm-hmm. Attitude just uh, mops them clean because, uh, oh, yeah. and they needed to. I mean, because I, I don't want to see Godwin's wrestle. I really don't. I gonna, yeah, look who was like main eventing during the new generation. You have fucking Mabel, who's who's fine. He's yeah. he's uh, he's pretty no, decent he's a, for a, a giant let, man. Let's but be he's honest. Main he eventing, fucking, like yeah, Diesel was main eventing. Like basically, after Diesel was main eventing, and they had like one of the lowest draws of like that era basically they were like yeah diesel's gotta he can't be the champion anymore and that's when bret hart took that over and like it's just yeah it was not a not a good era no they it were really, definitely it really wasn't yeah i mean they and, were you know, right at the cusp of bankruptcy at that point for, in reality and it you know it, it really took that the attitude era to to get them out of the, and just start well they were really fighting for their lives and even mm-hmm. like bret hart wanted to stay with wwf when he went to WCW, but yep. they were throwing so much money at him that he exactly. couldn't say no, and Vince couldn't match. 
Yeah, Vince offered him the year before a twenty million dollar or a twenty year contract, saying basically you'll never have to work anywhere else ever again. And then actually it happened like I was reading it was like think ten things you didn't know about King of the Ring ninety seven. And Vince actually told Bret Hart it was like two or three days before King of the Ring ninety seven, hey, I fucked up. I can't pay you this money for this contract. Like if you want to go to sub WCW, go for it. And so Right there is it. It was like days before King of the Ring, and this obviously leads to Survivor Series, which is the whole reason I started this because um, I was wanting to watch this review that this guy Brian Zane does on um, YouTube. He does a re- mm-hmm. he had a review for Survivor Series '97. That's okay. obviously the Montreal Screwjob, and so I was like, you know what? I started watching, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to watch leading up to this to see how we get here, and so that's when I went back to WrestleMania 13. I've been watching through, but um, it's. It's fascinating. Like, yeah, I just, the history of well, pro it, wrestling has always fascinated me. It, it doesn't hurt either that um, Brett and Sean legit hated each other. Yes, exactly. To really so sell that real. angle. So, yeah, so awesome. Yeah. And like that, I forget what's the, oh, uh, the Sunny Days promo that Sean uh-huh. cut on Bret Hart that just like fucking sent Brett over the edge. Yeah, it's so great. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you seen Wrestling with Shadows? I'm assuming you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, okay. it has been a very long time, but I have seen that. Yes. Yeah. Now, that's just, again, how much of that is real? How much of that is fake? Exactly. It's, yeah. It's, a, it, it's still to this day, they've shot so many times on this angle. Mm-hmm. And I'm still debating if it was like a shoot or <laughs> right. if it's a work. Yeah. I know. It's interesting. Mm. But, yeah. So, aside from that... um, and this is like, we just, if we had more time in a day, man, like we just need to have like a wrestling podcast also so that we don't alienate <laughs> <laughs> all of our viewers, but, or all of our listeners rather. But anyway, back to uh, non-wrestling things. Yes. Um, the last thing I'll talk about, it was my, my spending for the, the past two weeks. So I have not been spending virtually anything on media this year. So much of it has been from my gift cards. And I decided to hit up a different disc replay this past week. And so I went to mine on Friday night and I got some stuff. And then I went to um, this one that we is a little bit further away that we don't normally go to. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it. Excuse me. Check it out and see what they have. And it was a landmine. Like, or it was a landmine. It was it a exploded. gold mine. Yeah. Oh, it was a big gold difference. Mine. Big difference. Very. For yes. my old sports games. And so, like, I got so many of the sports games I was looking for, including ones that, like, I just was unable to find in my other two locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I was so happy. I, I got this big, giant stack of old sports games for PS2, Xbox, Xbox 360, and PS3. And um, I got ended up getting, like, 16 games from there. Ended up paying, so I basically, I finished up my like 2007 series of games. My 2005 series made a big dent in, um, and just kind of other miscellaneous ones that I was not able to find elsewhere. Um, so I got all of these games for less than 30 bucks in store credit, um, which it should have been like 60, but I had a 20% off coupon and I had like a bunch of them for free. One of them didn't have a sticker on it. So the guy was just like, oh, fuck it, just take it because... They, oh really? These old these old sports games, like they don't fucking want them in their store. Like nobody buys these things, so he's just like, whatever, just take it. And so, uh, yeah, like it it worked out really really well. So I was really excited. So I have one more disc replay that is um kind of in not close, but like a twenty five minute drive, and I have not hit that one up yet since I started collecting these old sports games. So I'm gonna try to do that uh, this this coming weekend if I can if I have the time. Okay. And I still have I still have eighty bucks to blow at disc replay, so um, that's what I've been spending all of it on. It's just these old sports games, which I 
enjoy collecting so much. So, well, you should post them on Instagram for everybody to see. I know it's just like who fucking cares, you know? <laughs> like people I care. don't care. I know. I I, that's like, I care. Hey, you know I, what? You might you might get twenty likes, and that's twenty likes we didn't have the day before. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Chris was like, so he. I told him what I did, and he was like, so. He texted me something. He was like, so which sport games did you get? And I was like, oh, that's sweet of you to act like you care. Like People just don't care about old sports games. But but it starts a conversation and that's what matters most. Yes, exactly. Um, excellent. Yeah, so I'm looking behind me. I have my – I had to bring my PS2 games to their own shelf now because I have so many PS2 games. I couldn't fit it with my other ones. My Xbox 360 shelf has grown a ton too and my Xbox shelf doubled. So, I mean, yeah, I'm – I'm happy. I'm happy getting all these games cheap. So, yeah. Well, so good. that's what I have. Uh, that's what I've been doing these past couple weeks here. Ash, I'll let you dive in and uh, tell us what's going on in your life. Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, we uh, we're still blowing through Supernatural. We're the at the last two episodes of season two now. Uh, I think the last time we talked, we were just, like partway through season one so we're moving through that pretty quick um uh yeah i've forgotten like some of the pacing and how early some of the characters that have been around for so long came in at too so that's it's been interesting that and that and some there's some been some great lines that i just completely forgot about um but uh so we doing that i finished uh i finally finished the last two episodes of jessica jones season two um I don't think it was it wasn't nearly as climatic you know the the ending to it um action wise as season 1 but it has a definite emotional impact it just kind of like holy shit uh okay. so so that was Jessica really Jones good. is your f- I think you rated that the highest when you were doing the reviews for all those is that right Yeah yeah Jessica Jones yeah. out of out of the four on uh yeah out of the four on netflix jessica jones rates my highest still um daredevil's third luke cage's two and and fucking i am the immortal iron fist is fucking dead last because fuck him um (laughs) uh isn't punisher on there have you watched that one i started punisher um but he's the punisher series definitely feels like it's not going to kind of cross over again uh, cause I've only, I'm like three or four episodes into that now. Um, but, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I just started it this week. Um, but it doesn't feel like, like it actually takes place probably like a year after daredevil season two. Uh, so it's like further down the line oh. than the other, the other shows already anyway. Um, but holy shit that the, the Punisher action wise. Yeah. There's this whole sequence. Um, okay. So uh, remember the opening sequence of Watchmen, um, where the dude breaks in and beats the shit out of the comedian, and you know, and then kills him in the that thing. They and they do a lot of it kind of the sideways through the windows outside. Uh, there's a there's a fight sequence in Punisher that kind of emulates that. Like ninety percent of it is shot from outside this dude's window as they pan back and forth with it going oh, on. Oh, that's awesome! And it is fucking brutal. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Uh, but it's yeah. If you liked Daredevil's action, I would say Punisher definitely is right up your alley. And you don't need to know the comics or anything to get into it. I mean, because it, it's 
they they kind of it's got its own thing I, and they're introducing characters from the comics like i didn't even know a couple of them because i didn't really read punisher and i'm having no problem following it it's actually it's interesting and and they're kind of doing some uh slightly different stuff with it i don't think it's based off of um anything in particular hmm oh, okay there it goes yeah my my audacity program just went hang on <laughs> oh yes like, stay ah. with us audacity stay with us <laughs> uh so but uh yeah i definitely definitely like um uh where they're going with punisher i'm only four episodes in so uh you know i don't know how well how well it's gonna play out but uh, uh john bernthal is nailing it just he's he's awesome uh and the cast they've got for Punisher is is working for me too. They've got some good actors in that too. Um, so so See, I definitely like Punisher. I just I hate John Bernthal so much just because of his previous role in The Walking Dead. And see, so, like, yeah. I haven't. I need to watch it. But well, and see, have uh, you watched Have uh, you watched Daredevil season two yet? No, I haven't watched any of those actually. Okay, uh, I um, have. Okay, yeah. If you want to, if you want to get caught up on the storyline with Punisher, definitely watch Daredevil season two, and it, he will not remind you of Shane at all. Uh, he is. Oh, just, okay. It, I mean, like, it, it just shows how good John Bernthal really oh, is. Oh, god, exactly. yes. Yeah, and it's just like, it, and I mean, you feel for the guy because he's going through a lot, but it's just like damn dude <laughs> yeah it i i definitely yeah if you if you like punisher or you like the marvel action on on netflix definitely give daredevil or not daredevil uh punisher a shot but yeah give daredevil a shot too but yeah punisher's pretty hardcore but hell yeah give luke cage a shot to me that was my oh, favorite yeah. of the first seasons so good it's yeah. so I good to, yeah luke i need to cage get a uh, awesome. viewing order for the entire tv universe Oh, it's very easy. You start with Daredevil, then it's Jessica, then it's Luke, then it's Daredevil season two, then it's uh, Iron, Iron Fist, Fist, Defenders, Punisher. Yep, and then uh, Jessica Jones season two. Yeah, which just came out now. Yeah, I haven't started that one yet though. Very cool. Excellent. So is that does that sum up your week then? Yeah, uh, other than uh, we had like five or six episodes of this current season of Walking Dead to blow through. Um, but, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and that's been fucking brutal. Because the, the first episode that we watched, it's it's uh, like, a, uh, well, I mean, people die on the show all the time, but it's a farewell to one of the, the loved characters on the show. And it's just, it was really fucking mm. hard to get through um okay but i knew it was well done but it was just like god damn dude <laughs> so <laughs> yeah this season's been rough i mean it, it's been rough so okay. i not not a bad way it's been good but it's just ouch yeah hmm excellent all right mark before you start mark i just got to say how much i love the fact that even though we are talking right now via the internet, and so like we keep stuttering in and out from each other, I'm just so happy that when the audience hears this, it's going to be perfect because of their new t- recording technique. Just another shout out to this recording technique because it's so fucking good. The quality is so much better. Yeah, the method works. I say exactly. continue with the method. Hell yeah. So, Mark, what about you? What have you done these past couple of weeks here? Fudge, I have a lot to talk about, so uh, been doing get your seatbelts huh? fastened. 
<laughs> oh my god! Well, I was doing a lot of cream during the curling. Um, <laughs> so. It's been two weeks. We haven't talked in a while. So I'll go through uh, everything as much as I can here. I got about 9, 10, 12 tabs of IMDb open right now. Um, I'll start off with TV shows uh, quickly. I finished Spotless. And I'm actually using Twitter a lot more now. So I'm actually writing everything I'm, I'm seeing on Twitter and putting some comments and whatnot. Um, so I finished Spotless. Uh, that was season one. It's uh, 10 episodes from 2015. Um, ends on a cliffhanger, and apparently the there's two episodes showing for season two on IMDb from last year. But apparently, uh, the station in Europe that was airing these uh, this show um, is now defunct. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. It is a Netflix original, so maybe Netflix will be able to cobble up a season two. Maybe they can't. If they can't, it's it's really too bad because uh, it was a really good show. Um, the actors are amazing in it. I love the story of the two brothers and their crime scene cleaning company and then being involved with mobsters. Um, <laughs> fantastic. But uh, it ends on a cliffhanger. So it really sucks if it stops there. Um, so I know Netflix listens to Cinefession's podcast. Oh, um, yeah, they do. They I know because... Shows. Well, the thing is, they appreciate our opinions, and they've actually talked to me about, you know, uh, greenlighting shows on mm -hmm. their network. Yeah. Um, I've yet to respond to them because it's not really something I'm interested in that much. Anyways. Yeah, you got other um, things to do. I understand. I, I have a lot of stuff on my plate. I got a, a, lot, of, a lot of curling to watch. Um, so, yeah, so... so, <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, so minus the, the, the cliffhanger at the end, um, I really dug the show. I'm hoping there is a second season or just maybe a, a movie to tie all the loose ends up. Not that there's many of them, but, uh, really good show. I highly recommend it. Um, and during my, so since we last recorded, I worked, I think 12 days and I had five days off and, uh, now I'm back at work tomorrow here. So I've only had like maybe five, six days where I was able to really sit down and watch. So my days off, I left the house twice. Uh, or I left the house to either go to the gym or go to the movies. So I've been a homebody these last days and it's been awesome. So I've watched a lot of stuff. Um, another TV show I watched, which I liked a lot. And I'm not a reality show guy. But I saw this on my Netflix queue. So when I surf Netflix, you know, I'll go through all their new stuff and I'll just start putting stuff on my list. And now I'm going to the end of my list to work my way back up to current, you know, just because I kind of want to watch stuff that I said yes to, you know, six, what? eight months ago. Does your list sort it by the time you edit it? Because now our lists in the States are sorted by like how much they think you're going to want to watch it. Well, when it comes to my list, the stuff that I, I put on the list like months ago, it always falls to the to the back of it. So I just scroll okay. all the way to the end and work my way back. So is that uh, a, an actual uh, chronological um, order that they put things in? I don't think so. Right. But okay. it, it's stuff that I don't remember even putting on. Pardon me. So I watched this documentary reality TV show called Shot in the Dark. And, uh, if you, have any of you guys seen the movie Nightcrawler? No. With Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, no, I really want to, no, but I haven't. I, I saw the ads for it and I just never watched it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, you guys should watch that. If we ever do a backlog challenge again, that should be on your list. Um, 
after the extremely goofy movie. Anyways, um, so Shot in the Dark, <laughs> it's about <laughs> pause for laughter. <laughs> Shot in the Dark, it's about these three uh, teams that do freelance photography or filmography, I should say, of like car crashes and uh, police calls and then they sell that to the media overnight so it'd be on the morning news in the morning so all the stuff you see of like you know cars on fire on the freeway it's not shot by guys from like the tv station it's shot by what they call stringers which is these videographers that just you know listen to police channels and then race to uh car accidents and police calls so it's an eight episode season that came out in 2017 and it follows Three people that are in charge of the respective, uh, I guess, news crews. And uh, it's really fucking good. The way it's shot, every team has a color. So there's a, most of the, the show is either them with their cameras on their backs, you know, filming stuff, or they're in their car because they're racing from scene to scene to scene. And the way that the uh, producer has lit these guys, there's like a light that shines at them. From like the dash. So one team, like it's got a red light, one team's got a blue light, one team's got a green light. And just, you know, with the background of like LA, because oh, actually, this is in Hollywood. So with the background of like, you know, the Hollywood skyline and it's dark and they're driving on the speedway, on the freeway and they're speeding, it just looks really cool. So there's some really cool shots of the of the city. And um, I really dug it. Like I watched all eight episodes during my days off. Um and they vary between an hour to like 40 minutes, but it's really, really good. And again, I'm not a reality show guy, but I really dug that show. So that's called Shot in the Dark, and that's a Netflix original. Uh, yeah, no indication have to add that. That looked awesome. Yeah, there's no indication of a second season as of yet. Um, and to be honest, I'm not sure when season one came out. Just as 2017 here. I'm just looking at IMDb. And you know what? November 2017. So it's actually quite new. So much for me and my list being uh, chronological. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I still have no recollection of me ever putting this on my list. But I'm glad I came across it because uh, after finishing a Spotless, I kind of wanted just like, a palate cleanser before I go to something else that's more, you know, drama or more like heavy. So yeah. I thought this was it and it really was. And it's heavy at times too. It's actually, it's really good. Obviously, yeah. there's bickering. And it doesn't feel staged as some reality shows are. Mm -hmm. And it can't as much because they're following police, you know, calls, right? Um, but, uh, there, there's a tinge of like forcing some drama between the teams. Mm. You know, one guy's an asshole. One guy's, you know, he's mm -hmm. struggling. One guy's a, a, a kind of a boy genius and like everybody hates him. So there's, there's still some reality like, um, ingredients in the show but yeah. uh you won't see any kardashians unless it's one of their cars that have caught fire on the freeway so <laughs> so i recommend that yeah um, fucking netflix original like docuseries are just top of the line like they've been excellent everything yeah. i've watched and they have this new excuse me this new one uh, okay. that i just saw this weekend called wild wild country yeah what is, is that about yeah, it's like a, a controversial cult leader builds a utopian city in the Oregon desert. Conflict with, with the locals escalates into a national scandal. Um, I, there's a name for them, but I can't remember what they're called. The Sheila, the My Anand Sheila spiritual guru. Oh, blah, that's blah, a mouthful. Yeah, but like I just listened to last podcast on the left. They did like a five-part series on Jonestown. 
yeah, which is obviously a very you know well known cult, and this yeah. has similar vibes, but kind of very different according to like the trailer I watched. But it looks absolutely fascinating, and it's another Netflix original docu series. So that is top of my list to watch next. I cannot wait to see it. It looks awesome. Well, I saw a lot of people on Twitter uh, comment about it. And, oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm just not familiar with the subject. So that's something I am going to add as well because I dig that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Me too. And, you know, speaking of uh, Netflix originals and documentaries, um, I watched the uh, – well, you know, they they had Icarus, which won the Academy Award for Best Documentary this year at the Academy Awards. And right. they also had, uh, for a documentary short, one called Heroin. Okay. And it's, it's about heroin in a small town. And it covers uh, three women fighting to break the cycle of heroin in their town. One is, uh, the fire chief. Uh, one is a, uh, a religious, uh, uh, she, she's a church lady that also does like a, 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 a hand me group, you know, like drives, at night gives like prostitutes, um, uh, you know, uh, bagged lunches and like, you know, a sanitary bag for, you know, sanitary products and stuff like that. You know, oh, okay. so she, she does a lot of, uh, volunteering. Um, and then there's a judge that does drug court and just deals with the drug cases in her district. Um, it's a short documentary. It's only 39 minutes long. It was really good. It really was really good. Um, so that's on Netflix as well. That came out back in September. So that's a, yeah. So, um, you know, again, they're really doing well with their docs. I have blissfully ignored their documentaries just because my lists are of movies are just, it's so long on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of want to get a little more educated, so I should watch more of those. But, um, yeah, um, the things with Netflix though, they pick compelling subjects. So if it's on Netflix, usually it's got some pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good right. show, you know. Exactly. Not gonna, they're not going to put shit uh, in their documentary system. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, so before I go to movies, uh, video game wise, I'm still playing Darkest Dungeon on the uh, on the Switch. I think I kind of painted myself in the corner. I might have to reset my game again. again. Oh, I might yeah. have to. Well, I kind of put too many people in the clergy to get healed up and I'm out of gold <laughs> and they can't buy supplies. Anyways, I'm, I'm learning from my mistakes, but at the same time, I keep making the same ones over and over again. Um, mm. but I'm doing better. So I'm playing that on the Switch, which is fantastic. Um, I'm hoping one day I'll be good enough so I can beat it and then play Mario Odyssey. Um, and I did buy a Burnout Paradise Remastered for the PS4, which to me, it looks exactly like the PS3 version, uh, which is good and bad, uh, you know, for a game that, again, is now $52 Canadian, but does include all the DLC. So there's that. But the game looks absolutely the same. And what I like about that is that the music is also exactly the same. So the hits they picked for 2008 is in the game in 20 uh, or 18 now, 2018. So that's kind of cool. Um, so you still have, um, you know, Stand and Deliver by, uh, Adamant. You still got, uh, the Avril Lavigne song. Um, it's pretty fun. And again, of course, Paradise City from Guns N' Roses, which gives me goosebumps every single time. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Uh, I'm finding it very easy. Uh, but I'm also playing with my buddy Paul online. We're doing that free burn online and doing all the, all the challenges. Um, so again, having a blast with that. So gaming aside, I watched a shit ton of movies. So since we last talked, I went to see Tomb Raider 
uh, at the theaters uh, in IMAX. Has anybody here seen Tomb Raider? No. No. I, I, yeah, I've been too busy to go do much of anything in movie-wise. Okay, well, it's not great. It's it's an average action film. Um, but those that say that uh, Alyssa Wikander is a bad Laura Croft because she has no breasts is fucking stupid. She's fantastic as, as Laura Croft. This is like an origin story of Laura Croft, how she becomes an explorer. Because she doesn't start off being an explorer. Um, I think she looks fantastic. She is... The anti-Angela Jolie. Uh, this girl here has no curves. She is all muscle. Like There's a scene where she's boxing and like her tank top flies up. And I cannot imagine abs like that in real life. Like, it's like 0% body. Like, oh, she, <laughs> she, she looks wonderful. She does a lot of, uh, she does a lot of, um, of uh, cross uh, CrossFit, I guess. But I think she, as an action star... Uh, this has the potential to become a great franchise. I just think it wasn't a great Tomb Raider film. Um, kind of like, you know, female Indiana Jones, but like the young Indiana Jones, you know, because she hasn't really gotten the, the exploring bug yet, you know. Um, but Walter Goggins is awesome as the villain of the film. Uh, he plays an associate of her father uh, who uh, goes missing and she meets up with him, and he's a bad guy. And it's not a spoiler. He goes bad right away. It is fantastic. And I like Walter and Goggins and practically everything he does. Yeah, um, I was going to say, has uh, he been in, in, in any role he's done? Has he done badly in it? I don't I don't think so. No. No, the guy is awesome. I don't think he gets the credit. I think he gets some credit from us film nerds. But I think <laughs> as a general populace, he doesn't get the credit because... Fuck, he's awesome in The Shield. He was awesome in American Ultra, um, in House of Thousand Corpses. Uh, what else? Fuck. Uh, well, I haven't seen Justified yet, so I can't comment on that. But I can uh, only assume he's great. He was mm. amazing in Sons of Anarchy, especially for the character they gave him to play. Oh, my God. Yes, I forgot about that. He is awesome in Sons of Anarchy. Um, but, yeah, so do I recommend Tomb Raider? Uh, it's not bad. It's not a bad film, but it's not my favorite. It will not make my top 10 this year. So moving along, um, I've already posted about this on my Instagram, but I'm going to mention it again. Streets of Fire from 1984, uh, written and directed by Walter Hill, who did Warriors, is amazing. Scream Factory, or pardon me, Shout Factory has done a release for the film on their Shout Select uh, imprint. And it is jam-packed with stuff. Uh, the film pretty much... Apparently, this film was a uh, inspiration for Final Fight, of all things. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So, what happens is that uh, Diane Lane, she is a rock star. And she catches the eye of uh, Raven, uh, Willem Dafoe, who he plays a character called Raven Shaddock, who is the head of a 1950s biker gang. And he pretty much just goes to the concert that she's performing at and just abducts her on stage. So then her ex-boyfriend comes back to town, is hired by her current boyfriend, uh, Rick Moranis. Uh, and uh, they go and save her and then bring, him, bring her back home. And then there's another confrontation. Um, the movie itself is not that great, to mm -hmm. be honest. But the soundtrack is fucking amazing. 
like the opening maybe five minutes is um, Diane Lane on stage is singing a song called uh, shit. I don't have it in front of me right now, um, but pretty much she That's sings a weird name for a song. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't have it in front of me, but uh, oh, actually I do. Give me two seconds. I'm going to open my Apple music because I downloaded the album on uh, my iTunes here. She sings oh, a, song nice. called, uh, a song called Nowhere Fast. And she sounds like Pat Benatar meets Meatloaf. Um, obviously, <laughs> it's not Diane Lane. But so Jim Stringland, I think his name is, he's the one who did all the songs for Battle to Hell. And his influence on the two songs he wrote for this, uh, for this film are very apparent. Because the songs are very wordy. Like, you have to be sober to actually sing these songs because there's so many fucking words. I myself being sober, I couldn't pronounce all those words because my mm. tongue doesn't work that way. But if you like an 80s new wave pop rock, it, the soundtrack makes the film, to be honest with you. The film can be forgettable minus Willem Dafoe's overalls that he wears in the film. <laughs> fucking weird, man. It, they're, they're black leather. They go up to his like nipples. It's fucking weird. You'll have to watch the film. Again, the film is more style over substance, but man, it's got so much style. I loved it. So that's Streets of Fire. I wrote a pretty lengthy post on Instagram, uh, so you can check that out. Um, I'm actually posting, well, by the time this comes out, I will have posted already. I watched uh, for my next Kino Lober film, Enter the Ninja from 1981. Um so that is actually uh, going uh, online tomorrow, which is last Wednesday for those listening in the following Monday, Easter Monday. Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, yeah. Enter the Ninja from 81. Uh, it, have you guys seen Enter the Ninja by Canon Films? No. Nope. Goddamn. You have. Oh, fucking solid. So I knew really nothing of the film, just that it's one with uh Sho uh, Kusugi, who did uh, Pray for Death, and um, oh, what's the other one he did? Anyways, he did, he did a lot of like uh, 80s ninja films in the States, so I knew he was in it, but then, so he's the, the ninja dressed in black, he's our villain, ninja dressed in white, has a few trials, becomes a ninja by his master, he disrobes, it's Franco Nero. Sporting the best mustache this side of the Atlantic. <laughs> oh my god. He is so cool. This is a wise guy. It, does it beat Roger Sterling's porn stash in the last season of Mad Men? I did not watch the last season of Mad Men. So I, I, I would say probably because Franco fucking Nero as a white white clad ninja sporting a, a like a Tom Selleck mustache. Going to, to to the Philippines to help his buddy against this evil corporation who wants his land. The movie is awesome. Uh, review it will be online by the time this comes out. Uh, I highly recommend Into the Ninja. It is fucking badass. Uh, moving along. Uh, from 2017, I watched off Netflix, Veronica. Anybody see that one? Veronica. No, I have not, not even not heard of that one. Now. Well, it's being billed as one of those Netflix movies that it's too scary to watch, that everybody turns it off. Um, I think I, I read that you didn't like it. Well, it wasn't scary for me to turn it off. 
Um, I like supernatural horror movies. So, like, stuff like The Conjuring and anything Bloomhouse is doing right now, I'm enjoying. So, this is another... Well, this one's a Spanish uh, supernatural religious possession film. Okay. Um, so, so, it's nothing original. But I think what they're trying to do, creep-wise, works. Um, so, I wasn't blown away by its originality. But I thought its technique was really good. Hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to uh, spoil this one because it's a brand new film. Um, the other ones, well, are, are older. But uh, this one here, uh, I think it, again, if you like, you know, um, anything Bloomhouse is doing right now, you might like this one. I've seen it so many times that again, I wasn't scared, but I thought it was well executed. So, so there's that. But those who don't like subtitles, it's Spanish. So either learn Spanish or read subtitles. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I do recommend it. I did like it. I just didn't love it. But I liked it a lot. So there's that. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Uh, 2016, Morgan. Oh, that's the one you didn't like. I'm mixing up the girls' names. Ah, yes, yes. I watch only films between girls' names, uh, between <laughs> curling matches to keep my libido up. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Morgan sucked. Uh, so nobody here has seen Morgan? No. Am I the only one who watches movies here? I'm You're just the, exactly. You're the only one who watches I, movies. Only one on a fucking horror movie podcast. Okay, anyways. Yep. Uh, so Morgan uh, from 2016. Um, I watched it because there's a few actresses that I do enjoy a lot. Uh, Kate Mara's in it from, again, uh, House of Cards. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy, which was from the... Um, the Witch, and also from Split, which I like a lot. Uh, Toby Jones is in it. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is in it. Brian Cox. Paul Giamatti, which, fuck, it's been a while since I've seen him in a movie. So it's got a really good cast. It's just not a good film. So scientists have uh, pretty much shaken, baked a artificial AI within some DNA. So now, of course, the you know the baby grows five times as fast. And, you know, it's one year old, but it looks like a 16-year-old. And... So I think the movie Splice, but without the alienness of it, hmm. and you get Morgan pretty much. I've seen Splice. Yeah. So oh, that's good. Yeah, I've seen a movie. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, so so think the premise of Splice, but without the alien, but just more like a robotic girl. Well, Splice wasn't really an alien; it was a genetic creation. I thought. Well, well, maybe well this is it, it's been a while well, since this I've is, seen Splice, though. So. Yeah, well, this is the same thing. It's like it's a genetic creation as well, but just it's there's no alien features. She's oh, okay. just a little more pale than everybody else. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil the, the ending, so I won't. But I predict the ending like ten minutes into the film, so it's highly predictable. There's really not much of a payoff. I didn't really like it that much, but of course, since I started the film, I want to mark that notch under my belt, so I'm going to finish it. Um, but it's a short one. It's only 90 minutes, so it's not going to kill you. Um, and you do see, uh, Kate Mara jumping into a lake and then getting out of it. And then you can see her bra through her shirt. So that's a plus for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's not great. Um, I can recommend this one, but again, it's on Netflix. It won't cost you anything. Moving right along. I'm almost done. I've got four more to go. Uh, because again, it's been two weeks. So, you know, come on. Um, came out this week, actually this weekend, uh, Game Over Man by the guys who are in Workaholics. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. Anybody? I saw that advertised on Netflix, and I was just like, yeah, I'll pass for now. I didn't. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's a raunchy comedy uh, with with the workaholic guys, which I've never really watched the show because I don't have that channel, but I enjoy them. Um, so it's them shenanigans, lots of male nudity, which is funny. Uh, but, uh, it's one of those comedies where it's raunchy, funny the first time, multiple times watching it. I don't think it would keep its, its hilarity. I don't think it's got much of a shelf life. So it's pretty much a win and done for me. I liked it. I probably will never watch it again. So, uh, that is Game Over Man came out on the 23rd of March. Um, this one I won't talk to too much about. Uh, my next Kindle Lorber that I'm going to do for the following week uh, is Steel Justice from 1987, starting Martin Cove, which you will know as the evil sensei in Karate Kid. Uh, and he plays a Vietnam vet with PTSD, and the uh, warlords from uh, from Vietnam come back to haunt him in wait, wait, today's wait. present is, uh, time. Who's the Who's the female lead in that? Sella Ward. Ah, yes. Okay, yeah, I have seen that one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome for what it is. Is it a good movie? Fuck no. Yeah, but it's yeah, pretty no. awesome for what it is. For what uh, it Ronnie is, yeah, Cox is in it. Good. Yeah, like it's 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 eighties. It's it's an eighties. I don't know if it went to theaters. It might be direct to video. I think uh, it well, was, it was released but... in Jap- it was released in Japan in eighty seven, and there's no growth at the box office. One point three mil. So. It probably played a few theaters overseas and then went to direct to video. Um, so I have a, I'm actually writing this article tomorrow. So it will be up uh, sooner than later. Um, I enjoyed it for what it's worth, but it's not a good film <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Um, last two movies. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it last time. Oh, actually, I probably did not. Did I talk about cinema last time or cinemia? That movie no. program? Okay. No. Okay. So I guess right before or. Yeah, right before the podcast, the uh, last thing we recorded, uh, I signed up for a movie pass-like program in Canada. It's called Cinemia, oh. and what that yeah, Sounds so what like a that disease. is, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a movie disease. It makes you watch movies. So, so I have a package. Hard, her hard. So I have uh, <laughs> so. So I, I have a package where for fifty ninety nine a month, it gives me three movies. And one of them can be, you know, IMAX 3D or D-Box or VAP, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, so for the price of one film, I'm getting three films for the price of one. Wait, how much is it a month? Uh, $15.99. One oh, five. $15. I thought you said $50.99. Oh, no, I'm f- thinking, how the fuck that's much still, are, Can- are movies in Canada? <laughs> that's still cheaper yeah, for a f- Canadian movie right there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, fifteen one five point nine nine. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the first, so what it is is that uh, you sign up for the service, and then um, within three business days, they send you a prepaid Mastercard, and uh, or a prepaid like debit Mastercard, right, with their logo on it, and then you go to the app, and then you select the movie you want to buy. And then it puts the funds on your card and you've got two hours to buy the ticket like on the app of your cinema. So you still get to use the reward points of whatever theater you use. And you just oh, use really their cool. card. Yeah, you just use their card to pay for your ticket instead of your MasterCard or bank card. So um, I went to see um, uh, Tomb Raider and IMAX and the ticket was seventeen ninety nine, And uh, I got that for free. Well, or, you know, 
the the subscription is fifteen ninety nine. I paid seventeen ninety nine, so already I saved two dollars. Right. Uh, so then, uh, you know, I get two more movies a month, uh, but they have to be regular screens. And um, yeah, the, the only problem is that the movies don't carry over, so I have to go see three movies, which usually isn't a problem. But now I'm getting kind of uh, crunched for time just because it's the end of the month. So yesterday, I went to see a movie called Unsane. U uh, N S A N E by yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Yeah. yeah, I knew nothing of this movie until I actually scrolled uh, through my movie app to see what was playing around me. Um, so it's a horror movie set in a mental hospital, and again, it's Steven Soderbergh, and the whole film is shot on an iPhone. Uh, so That's I found that. Yeah, yeah, I found that really interesting. I'm curious to see what I'm assuming he used like wait, wait, an wait. iPhone so, eight. So or? Was, was it shot with them holding it, you know, light screen, or is the whole movie vertical, like most people shoot <laughs> put on YouTube? Uh, that's actually a very good question. I'm assuming he used a proper aspect ratio, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to film his stuff. And it's weird. Every like 15 seconds, somebody yelled "World Star Hip Hop." I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you yelling wolves or hip hop? I don't, I don't get it. Oh, uh, but yeah, so it's about this woman who uh, she believes that her ex-boyfriend is stalking her. Or not even ex-boyfriend, but somebody is stalking her. Uh, somebody that she knows. And she will go. She, she can't sleep. She's really anxious. So she goes to talk to a uh, psychiatrist or a medical professional. And then they get her to sign papers. And the next thing she knows, she's committed. And then she's stuck there. Hmm. Um it's really good. It also stars Joshua Leonard, which I kind of popped when I saw him because, like, I know him from uh, the Blair Witch Project. He's Josh. Oh, okay. And wow. uh, yeah, so I know, right? Huh. I, I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and this guy is working like crazy. Okay. Like, I thought, like, what's the last movie he's made? But he's made a lot of TV shows. Mm. Um, he's got a lot of stuff in post production. I uh, probably did a lot of indie stuff. But, like, you look at his MDB, and the guy hasn't really stopped working. So, good for him. Because yeah. I like him. And he's fucking creepy in this movie. Um, I just also to kind clarify, of, uh, this is not a found footage film, correct? No, 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 no. It's not. Okay. No, it's just shot on the iPhone. But it's it's just, instead of cameras, he used an iPhone. Mm. That's the only thing. It's not found footage. There's no shaky cam. It's got cuts. It's just filmed with an iPhone. Huh. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I have no idea why. Because he but, can. Uh, He's Steven Soderbergh. He can do whatever well, he wants. And honestly, that's the reason why I watched it. Because I, his last movie was Logan Lucky, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I liked. Uh, uh, I kind of it kind of upset me. Hmm. Um, and I don't want to say why, but yeah. it's it's upsetting. But it's good. It's it's a well made film. It probably won't make my top ten again, uh, but. I did like it a lot. So I think I gave it four stars. It was pretty decent. Okay. I've um, been hearing almost. very, very positive things about it. So I, I definitely want to see it. I, I probably won't go to the theater because I never do. But when yeah. it comes out, I, I definitely want to check it out. Yeah. So I wanted to burn a uh, movie uh, or a, cin- a cinema cinema uh, ticket uh, with that. So I saw that yesterday. Yeah. And uh, last film is one I watched today, which I'm assuming nobody here saw. But I saw the new Pacific Rim Uprising, which came out last weekend. Okay. And I love the original Pacific Rim. Yeah. Love absolutely. it. It's 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 one of my favorite Del Toro films. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it, it just hit me in all the right spots. Um this one did not. It's fucking disappointing. Hmm. Um the robot fight scenes are awesome, so like the fighting is cool, 
but the rest is just so subpar. It reminds me of an 80s cartoon mixed with an 80s toy commercial. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You know, when it comes where, you know, uh, commercials. No, no, (laughs) hey, I I love them, but they're 30 second spots. This is a almost two hour film. Um, You know, when the. Yeah. So, you know, when, you know, your your hero of the film is a 15 year old girl and she's going to fucking jump in a Jagger and beat the monsters. I'm like, ah, yeah. Okay. No, this is not my cup of tea. Um, But the, the acting really sucks. Like John Boyega. Man, he has got a mustache in this film, and it bugged the fuck out of me the whole time. Hmm. It, it really did. And I like John. I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I've liked him in everything I've seen. I hated his character in this one. Um, Charlie Day, different in this one. Um, there's one girl. She plays Kate Victoria. Her name is Ivana Shakno. She is from, if I look up her IMDb here, she's from uh, Kiev, Ukraine. She looks like uh, what's her name from Avengers, Scarlet Witch. Um, oh, uh, uh, Brie Ash- Larson. No, 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 no. Uh, Scarlet Witch. She's an, uh, she's not, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Ah, thank That's you, it. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, she looks like an Olsen sister, uh, yeah. and I had to look up IMDb to see if she was because she's got the same features or similar features as Elizabeth Olsen, and mm. uh, well, obviously she's not. But uh, I swore that there was a fourth sister that was acting now. Um, oh, I only know so, the three. Well, I mean, well, you, you, only the one that's twins. acting now. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, so unfortunately, I have to pass on this one. Like, oh. I'm even debating if I want to buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray, which I probably will because I'm a schmuck. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, but I was like, I, I I left the film, the theater, and I was disappointed. I was yeah, really bummed not, out. You're uh, not the only one I've heard say that, which is very disappointing yeah, because I've been but, excited for it. like... In the last film, all their fight scenes happen mostly at night, so sometimes it's hard to see. So they have most of their fights now in the daytime, and mm-hmm. the, the like the Jagger fights are awesome. But everything else around it is just so lackluster. So it is not Del Toro who uh, who directed it; it's Steven as the Knight. And I'm looking to see what else he's done. Daredevil. Um, when he, uh, it was Daredevil a producer TV on Daredevil. Show. Yeah, that's he, cool. He was uh, the showrunner for. Uh, for the first season yeah he hasn't done much like directing wise he this is first feature film he directed one episode of daredevil one episode of dollhouse two episodes of smallville three episodes of angel back in 2003 2004 Hmm. so he's more of a writer and a producer yeah so yeah i'm uh i'm i'm disappointed with this film it could have been i just wish it matched the fun of the first film and it really doesn't so it's it's really too bad but uh, for me, that ends my two weeks in media. Awesome. <laughs> I need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. At least one of us is watching something of substance. Well, two of two of you. <laughs> no, I'm sure those YouTube videos are awesome. That Well, hey, I like them and that's all that matters. So <laughs> mock all you want. I'm enjoying my life. I'm happy. Hey, it's you know what? L- live your life. That's right. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hang up now. <laughs> that was a joke. All right. So let's move over to our review for the week. So talking about the Animatrix. The, of course, there will be spoilers for the Animatrix. So keep that in mind moving forward. There will be spoilers for the Animatrix and most likely the Matrix too. Just maybe because we could talk about it because we've seen it. So just keep that in mind. 
So the Animatrix saw an original U.S. home video release on June 3rd, 2003. It was written and directed by a ton of people, and we'll discuss those as we go through each short. It has an IMDb score of 7.4 out of the 65,514 current votes. No Metacritic score. It has a tomato meter score of 89% with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 78%. It currently has 3.45 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd based on 5,945 ratings. No information on budget or gross given what it is, which is basically just a compilation of short films. And it clocks in at 101 minutes. So, Ash, what is your history with the Animatrix? Um... I didn't actually see the the Animatrix until after I'd seen the third film. I uh, just never I didn't pick it up until then. Um but I had seen um the main short that they were promoting the fuck out of before um the last uh, flight of the Osiris. Uh so uh I did see that before I saw the other two films, but uh yeah, so I've seen it a couple times. <laughs> At least. Okay. Very good. And what about you, Mark? Uh, I've seen it once. I'm just not sure when. Um, I don't recall. Like, I've got that Matrix box set on DVD. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if this got a single release or not. And then I just got rid of my singles and I just kept the box set. Or if I only saw this with the box set after all the films were released. So I I can't really recall. I'm pretty sure this came as a single. Between uh, one and two. Um, so I, I'm sure I saw it before Reloaded, but uh, I had very little recollection of the uh, of the actual um, nine shorts. Now, I have to admit as well, um, knowing that we were going to watch this this week, I was so bummed out because I remember really hating this. So it was interesting to see how these would stack up, you know, 15 years later. So Oh, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and I've not seen any of these. I've never watched any of the shorts in this set. So it was all brand new to me. Mm. So I guess we'll kind of go through this uh, short by short and just kind of talk about our thoughts on each one. That's kind of how I went through just because that's yep. how I was taking notes. So Sounds first one, me. we had Final Flight of the Osiris, which um, I feel like I've seen maybe like I've seen like a trailer or something like I've seen this one. It kind of stood out as something I recognized before. Um, So final flight of the Cyrus was directed by Andrew R. Jones and written by the Wachowskis. Um, So this of course was the um, bridge. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And um, so right from the beginning of this one, I really liked how these two were basically like fuck fighting well blindfolded (laughs) like it was very erotic even though it was just it's animated it was still very erotic and i thought it was very well done this was actually produced this was one of the few things that um the uh the square enix remember they did a final fantasy movie the spirits within yes Mm -hmm. This is one of the few other things that that movie studio did before they shut her down so oh that I, okay that i think it was an it, it, it's a, animated by them so yeah yeah it, it, the, the way the way that it was uh rendered uh it had its uh squares fingerprints all over it 
like I could I could watch the two characters. I'm like, yeah, this is you know around the same time as the Final Fantasy film that came out, mm-hmm. um, and it just seemed very similar. Definitely, and like I I thought, speaking of the animation style, I was super impressed by that. Um, I mean, sure, like you can definitely tell like the people are animated, and again, this is my thoughts would be the same for the Final Fantasy movie, which I've seen once back when it was new, so. My thoughts on it are limited, but I do remember the style very clearly. And um, yes, the people are very definitely animated, but like the backgrounds, they frankly don't look that much different than the like CGI backgrounds from the first film. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty damn cool. Like it was like, wow, it almost looked like I was watching, you know, real time and then just animated people in real world. Like it was, I thought it was really well done. Really cool. Yeah, I find that the uh, the animation style really holds up. You Definitely. Know, some cutscene stuff really looks janky, you know, from 15 years ago, mm-hmm. but this still feels polished. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Definitely. It, it really does. There were some moments maybe with, like, the character movement that they kind of – so, like, I want to say that they're, like – it was almost like their their weight was off, which I know that it's obviously parts of that are intended, um, but other parts it didn't really – look like it was intended to be that way I, I don't know how to explain it really but it just looked like it wasn't as the when like she was like fl- f- flying through the air at different points it didn't look as smooth as i thought maybe it should okay but otherwise i was i was really impressed with it well i thought it, they looked better with their uh, blindfolds on i think once yeah. you kind of saw the eyes it kind of took a bit away from the realism that they're trying mm-hmm. to portray uh but that's just nitpicking right um, I thought what was really cool about this one is that it gave us a really good idea at just how destructive and powerful the sen- sentience are. Sentience, right? Sentience? Sentinels. 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 Thank you. Spelled that wrong. How how pow- powerful those are. And I really, I like that because it, more so than even like the first film did. Yeah, I would agree with that. You actually get to see them just rip the shit out of one of the ships and it's just yeah mm-hmm. yeah it looks it looked really cool thing is i always remember the sentinels being much bigger uh machines and they're really not that big unless uh the hovercrafts look really small in the first film but i just assumed these sentinels were like bigger robots and they're, they're not really they're they're really small torsos with really long arms and that's pretty mm-hmm. much it yeah at one point, she drops in the um, the package in the mailbox, and that's actually the the prologue for the Enter the Matrix video game, which Mark and Ash have refused to play. Yes, um, it's not that podcast, I refuse but, to yeah. play, but um, no, I have a I life. Do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But at the same time, what I like the most about this um, short, which I think is the only one out of the nine that really uh, segments, you know, the end of what, like what happens since one to the second film with the drills. If I remember correctly, because Reloaded, I think I've only seen a few times. Actually, I've only seen it once or twice, and I have no recollection of it except for like the twins and like uh, some crazy car chase scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe the drills are implemented in the second film. Am I right? Yeah, I, I think no I think they they start showing them. Um, but yeah. Uh, they they definitely start bringing out the arsenals in the next in the second film, but yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, so I think that's why this one is kind of remembered the most, just because it's got the most reverence or the most... It's got the biggest lineage to the films, while yeah. the movies are more like the history mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, other aspects of the Matrix universe. Yeah, and it's interesting because this is actually, according to what, I'm, what I've read, like this is actually the direct prequel leading into The Matrix Reloaded. And mm-hmm. it's the first film on here, which I think is weird. And it's actually the Australian release actually has this one last, which I feel like would make more sense if it's leading directly into the next film. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. That interesting. Yeah. But um, and then I just wrote down, wow, that was short. But I feel like that's going to be a trend <laughs> because we have nine of these to fit in. So, yeah, they're all pretty damn short. So that's pretty much all I have for for this one. Anything else on the first one at all? Um, just, I think, again, it's, I think, one of the sexiest of the shorts. You know how, like, oh, Matrix definitely. sexy with the, the sleekness and the and the bodies and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a cool segment. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then, next up, we had The Second Renaissance Part 1, directed mm-hmm. by Mahiro Maida, Maida, written by the Wachowskis. Um, so... What, as soon as this one started, I, I really liked that we are going to – they set up the fact that we are going to get varying animation styles, varying art styles. Um, yeah. And so from that 3D, we go right to this like very old school 2D style. Um, it feels classic, which makes sense because we're like going back in history before the Alien War. And I really like that. Well, I really thought it looked like something out of Heavy Metal magazine. Like the art style. Okay. To me, it reminded me totally of heavy metal. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. Definitely. Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah. I I love the um like the we get to see the very first robot that turned on the humans. Um, mm-hmm. What was his? I, f- I forget its name. Uh, B B I six six E R. Yeah. Um, which if I wrote it down. And it spells bigger. Big, yeah, exactly. Apparently, yeah. it's a reference to Bigger Thomas. Who the hell's Bigger Thomas? I have no idea. Is, is son Bigger Thomas? No clue. No I'll, clue. I'll Google it right now. But I just thought that was awesome, and and the way we see it was like through surveillance footage. I was like, oh man, this is so fucking cool. I love that. Um, and then they introduced the Million Machine March. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. What I loved about this one, like I loved learning the history of how we got to where we were in the first film um, and just like everything about it was so brutal. Like there's that group of men who are destroying the female robot. Like she, mm-hmm. she looks like a woman and just getting like, it looks like she's about to be like gang raped. And then all of a sudden her like face comes off and you see it's a robot and it just gets like smashed with the sledgehammer or whatever it was. Just fucking brutal. Even though it is a machine, like. It was very brutal, um, but I thought I I just love this the love this one this one and frankly we probably talk about both these at the same time because Second Renaissance Part Two also same director same same writers, um, you know and then we start into the final solution, um, which is the destruction of the sky like it just it's so dark and oh, I I really like this okay I know where I get the okay his style there's a reason I recognize this guy's style. I forgot to look it up before this. The guy who directed this, this, um, he uh, also worked on uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, the anime. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So he kind of fits that, which makes 
perfect sense actually now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, they. Uh, oh, he also did uh, some of the animation in Kill Bill Volume One, which we talked about. Oh, did he? A Sweet. long while ago. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it, they have a very like good group of directors working on these people with a lot of history in uh, in the genre, and so I think it's really it, it definitely pays off. Technically, because this is the last the last good product out of the series, <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, in the second one, so I love that they don't try to explain in detail how man like cut the sun out because I feel like if you thought about it too much, it just, it might not work. It might not make any sense. And mm-hmm. so I like, it was just kind of, this is what they did. And then they show like the, uh, the planes like releasing this chemical or whatever it was, this black smoke that shut the sun out. Um, and they just left it at that. And I thought that was the right way to go about that. See what I liked about these two shorts. One details the, the evolution of the machine mm-hmm. but like part one was really man over machine yeah where you know the machiner the downtrodden the, the the workforce not being you know not being respected and then in part two it's the machine over the man right. and how we're trying to fight back and you know we're fighting back how the robots were fighting and it's 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 actually quite poetic yeah it really is um i love the music choice when we get into the montage of the fighting after the sun is blocked out I thought that was that was really well done. Um, it reminded me of a bit of the first film, but kind of better, I thought. Well, all, all the shorts had elements of the score of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but it's weird. I don't know about you guys, but my copy had uh, Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> no, no? I, I can't say that I did. You must have a, a, an original. Is it yeah, it's a it's a maple leaf edition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is. We have to we have to send me a copy of that so I can take a look. I'm not. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, during that montage, there was just some really great shots, just some really brutal moments. Um, and just like th- that, the aftermath of the soldiers dying in the hospital beds, like it's just. There's so many great images throughout that highlighted by the musical choice. I thought it was just so fucking well done. Well, so this reminds me of Terminator, which reminds me of every other, you know, AI movie going bad. Is there a science fiction film where the AI does not go bad to kill us? <laughs> like, no, but, but like, is, I can't even think of a movie, which I'm sure I have seen one. But where the AI is actually living in harmony with the humans, not counting Star Trek. What about um, the sixth day? No, no, that, that's a bad example. Uh, I never saw that one. Schwarzenegger well, in the sixth. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, that's like, a bad example. Where too. you know where the AI becomes alive mm-hmm. and actually doesn't kill us, does not see oh, us as um, a virus. That that TV show I watched. Ah, shit. Uh, Sm- Small place. wonder does not count. No, no, no. Oh, the, uh, Altered Carbon? No, no. The TV show that I just watched on Netflix that just came out, uh, the cyberpunk one that I was like raving about and have since forgotten. Oh, the one like... Uh, Altered Carbon. Altered, Altered Carbon, yeah, Altered yes. Carbon. There are AIs in that that uh, you, one of the main characters in the first season is an AI. So hmm. Okay. Yeah, and he works with humanity. He's, he's all about humanity and working with them. So. I'd oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, there are <laughs> examples out <laughs> that's there. That's nice. 
Good. Give Mark a good but, feeling I mean, for the night. They're, they're rare. Yeah. It's a big sci-fi thing. Oh, no, they're going to kill us. It's like, really? Well, that's why I, I'm willing to listen to Elon Musk and say, yes, let's stop evolving like <laughs> Deep Blue and whatever Google's got cooking under their hood. You know, automatic cars, automated cars. Let's stop doing that. It's probably a bad idea. Hmm. We'll see how it goes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, to be continued. Dot, right. Dot, dot. Um, I liked seeing how kind of more specifically the machines were drawing power from the humans. It made it even more fucked up in this than it and it made it harder to watch than it did in the first film because I think it was a little more. I don't know. It was just it didn't hit me in the same way that it did in the Matrix like it did here in in this short. And I thought that was really well done. Which leads right into like the ending of this. It's it's so bleak. Yet it's just filled with color, almost like a kaleidoscope is what it yeah. looked like. Like, mm-hmm. ah, it's just poetic is, is really the, the right term for it, like you said. Any other thoughts on these two shorts? Um, well, these were two of my favorite ones just because it explains where we are in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, you know, the art was simplified, but it was effective. Um, yeah, I, I thought, I, I thought it was a really good history lesson. I really enjoyed them. I agree. Yeah, it was, it was, they were both very well done. Yeah, I would have to agree also. The next one was Kids Story, directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. Cowboy directed- Woo-hoo! Okay, that's why I know the name. I haven't watched Cowboy Bill, but I've heard of it, obviously. Um, directed by the, or, uh, written- Written by the Wachowskis, excuse me. Um, so right at the beginning, I felt like the kid was Neo. Like it just, we're introduced to him in, in a very similar way as we are introduced to Neo um, with him, like, you know, kind of falling asleep and Neo was at the computer, but his computer's right there um, in the bed. And then he gets up and it feels like Morpheus is responding to him on the computer, which of course yeah. he is. Um, and I really like that. Uh, I like that about it. It just felt familiar, and that was cool. I, I just think it's interesting where they tell a story where he becomes aware of the Matrix mm-hmm. and, you know, gets fished out without even popping a pill. Right. So I guess just because, you know, like, uh, spirituality is a theme within this this series, mm-hmm. and that since Neo now is a Christ-like figure, in the world, yeah, uh, you know, people, I guess, they become more self-aware of their surroundings because he's around now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you don't need to, you know, be rescued and like, you know, take a chill pill or take a, you know, take a reality pill, right. it's it's kind of interesting. Just showing how powerful your belief can be. Mm-hmm. The animation style on this one was super trippy, um, like with like the moving floaty lines of the characters. I thought that was super. It almost reminded me of uh, the take me on music video. (laughs) Oh, take on me. Take on me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Take on me. Uh, Very similar to that. Uh, It was just so unique. So interesting. Um, And then like the music again that went along with it, I thought was very stellar. It was stellar. Like it was just very chill. Um, It just gave the whole thing this really interesting vibe. And then, I really liked the lack of dialogue up like for the first half of it. Mm-hmm. And then when the dialogue kicked in, I was a little, little, little disappointed because I thought the teacher was pretty bad 
pretty bad in this. Um, and it mattered for, for that matter. So was the kid. Like they just weren't very effective. I didn't, didn't believe what they were doing at all. I thought that was a little disappointing, but yeah. Um, and then, you know, then we do get Morpheus. I, that's totally Morpheus on the phone. And then of course, you know, looking it up, it is, you know, we get, we do get their voices here. Um, and then when they're, when the kid is running, like riding a skateboard, the f- art style just goes even trippier. Like, I don't know. Could I watch an entire film like that? I don't think I'd want to, but I enjoyed it for this small bit, just the animation style itself. Um, I really liked that. And then that shot of him jumping, I was that was that was a very well done, well done sequence. Yeah, it felt like um there's a movie, not as kind of darkly, but there's one film that was actually filmed and reanimated over oh. with more of a with more of a uh, I can't even it's think about it. Keanu I can't Reeves movie, actually, wasn't it? Well, that, uh, that's that's kind of darkly, but okay, yeah. yeah, I thought it was an, another one that seemed more like sketch like. Mm. Uh, I I just can't think of it. I'm uh, sure once we stop recording, it's gonna hit me. Yep. But uh, I know I, I I feel like I can picture I can picture what you're talking about, but I can't think of the damn name. I can't see the name. Yeah. Anyways, it, it just it felt like that, and I don't know. I yeah. I, I, I think. It works as a bite-sized piece, but if the story is compelling, I don't, I don't see how I could not watch a whole ninety-minute film in that art form. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I probably could. It just, it just, it would have to be a damn good story. Well, right. and even yeah. then, because um, that the art style they use is similar to uh, the Cowboy Bebop film. Uh, like the very like the I think it's the end credit sequence and maybe like part of the in, the opening sequence uses oh. uses a similar style, but then it reverts as the as it progresses, it reverts back to like a more high budget version of the Cowboy Bebop TV show. So it, hmm. I don't know that they ever intended. I think they were just like, hey, we can play with this because, you know, we're doing it short. So it doesn't, you know. Right. We can kind of go nuts. I think is more why they did it that way. Um, but, you hmm. know, I, it. but they've kind of played with a similar. They did play with it a little bit with the, the opening sequence of uh, the Bebop movie. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. It was cool to see. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have really anything else to say about Kid's story. Um, anything from either of you to add to it? Not really. I thought it was neat um, getting an intro for the kid in The Matrix 2 and 3. Uh, because there, remember, the, uh, the, uh, there's a kid that they introduce, a character that they introduce in the second movie. And he's like, he's like hero worshipping Neo the whole time. And everyone's just like, you just kind of need to chill a little bit, dude. You know, we're happy to have mm. you. But, you know, and this kind of gives you more backstory as to why this kid is like latched on. Oh, to is, is this that kid? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Oh, I even remember the kid in the film to begin with. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that another short had such a strong tie to the film. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize that either. Yeah, but that's that's who that's who this is. Is that uh, is I can't remember the kid's name, uh, but yeah, he's uh, uh, yeah, that's him from the film. So cool. Yeah, that is very cool. I didn't realize that. So that's that's cool. Yeah. To know. Awesome. So then next up we have program written and directed by Yoshiaki Kawaj- Kawajiri. Um, man. 
this one blew me away in terms of the art style. Like, it was absolutely gorgeous. And the um, the shot right from the beginning of, like, the fiery arrows flying through the sky, that just looked so good. Such a great art style. Like, the horses look fantastic. The character designs, the backgrounds. I just loved it. I thought, like, the samurai-style simulation that they were in looked fucking phenomenal. Yeah, this one felt like a 90s anime. Uh, which ones, I couldn't tell, but it just felt like, you know, it felt like something out of, like, a Vampire Hunter D, just just the way that the characters were drawn. Yeah. Um, I, I love the poofy white hair that she was sporting. Right. And, yeah. and then, of course, you know, our protagonist had the uh, had the uh, demon mask, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Japanese demon mask. I, I don't know what they're called in real life. But, uh, yeah, this whole uh, sequence or this segment was just so cool to watch. I was disappointed when it was over. I agree 100%. Like that shot of when um, our our antagonist, like the blade slowly coming down to um, our main woman. What was it? Sis? Was that her name? Yeah. Um, coming down on her, like in, it was in slow motion, looked so cool. And then like she grabs it and then stabs him. I was like, oh man, I love this so much. It was so cool. Um and then obviously at the end you find out she was te- she was being tested and her response to being tested just fucking punching the guy oh it was so great like I I love that character and I want more of her like I want an, a full film dedicated to her and maybe we'll see her in the future films like yeah, I maybe. can't remember there might there might be a chance that we do see at least that ship um, mm-hmm. I-, I thought it was really cool that they were doing the whole cipher scenario. In this, it, well, first of all, I, first of all, I wasn't sh- aware this was an actual training. Well, actually, you would know it's a training mission just because it's it's field Japan. But yeah, and they it, say it, it right being an actual, yeah. it being like a, a corruption program, which I thought was really cool, right? Um, and then give you know having her loved one uh, wanted to go back and sabotaging the ship and wanting her to jump on with him, and then her she doesn't. I thought it was a really cool like segment for the for for this uh, series of uh, short films. No, absolutely. Any other thoughts on this one, Ash? Um, no. I think uh, I enjoyed this one. Um, it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get a lot of oomph off of this one, to be honest. It just it didn't okay. kind of hit me as hard as some of the other ones. Gotcha. I think the art style helped the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest. I, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge animation person. I just know what I like, and I like this one a lot. I think if a different art style would have been used for this story, I might not have enjoyed it so much. Hmm. I'll be honest. But yeah. since since I thought this art style was pleasing to the eye, I think I was more engaged with it. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. This one, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Next up, we had World Record, directed by Takeshi Koiki, written by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Um, and this one was the first one 
whose animation style I really didn't enjoy. It reminded me, neither of you guys are going to get this because it's a sports game, but it reminded me of the character designs from FIFA Street 3. Uh, okay. So maybe somebody out there will know what I'm talking about, even if nobody here does, but... I know the game. Okay, yeah. It's just that very, like, over-the-top, big-bodied, big-muscled, small-leg type of thing, and... Ah, it just doesn't work for me at all. I just don't like that style. I, I found it, it reminded me a lot of that MTV show Aeon Flux. You guys remember that? Oh, well, yeah, but that one's coming it, up. It, beca- it became a film yep. with, oh, yeah. uh, you know, um, but I, I just thought that animation style was a lot like that show. Hmm. Did you feel that I- any other time in during this? Aeon Flux? Um... Trying to think the la- the last few ones, uh, beyond no, uh, mm, not to my knowledge, no. Interesting, Wait, did- because the last one is actually, um, or was the last one, or yeah, the last one is actually done by Peter Chung, who did Eon Flux. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I didn't write notes for the last one. I think oh, by gotcha. the last one, I was tired, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't care so much. But uh, yeah, I have no notes on it regarding uh, its art style. That's that makes that's that's actually very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so on this one, honestly, I was just kind of confused what was going on at the beginning here. I, it kind of like I understood, it, I guess, at the end. So basically, like he was okay. So he was in the Matrix racing, and then he woke up in the real world, and it basically paralyzed him in the Matrix. No, the agents paralyzed him. Okay, and they paralyzed him because they didn't want him to break the world record, right? No, they he basically See, I, this he one was didn't make sense. Uh basically the gist I got of it was because he was pushing himself so hard, the mm-hmm. the I guess the amount of energy or the uh like his spirit, It would glitch the matrix. Yeah. It basically oh. he, he overloaded it and popped out and then uh, they end up pulling him back in, but you know, of course, the agents are like, "Well, fuck this, we can't have him going around." So they try to wipe his memory and make sure that he can't do that ever again. Huh. Interesting. I don't really have anything else to say about this one. I I didn't really like this one. I thought it was strange and confusing. Obviously, I didn't really understand it, and I didn't like the art style at all. See, I did. I thought him running, and then pumping his legs so much i thought his legs would explode now oh. he had some some damage but i was thinking also a little like akira with the with the big monster i expected like tendrils and pulsating and <laughs> veiny and he's running on two big dicks right but yeah. no uh i i just i thought there'd be more of an explosion with with his legs you know because they're so ripped and yeah i so i, I kind of <laughs> dug the art style mark I wanted just, the money shot yeah Oh, dude, can you imagine? <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll kill her. It'll kill her. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I actually, I, it, it is a little confusing, but I did enjoy the art style in this one. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so next up we had Beyond, written and directed by Koji Morimoto. Um, I really liked this setting, this kind of this quote-unquote real-world setting of it. It felt very modern Japanese for that time. It reminded me a lot of Perfect Blue, if you guys, I'm sure you guys remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really like that aesthetic and that mood. 
Um, so I liked the setting of this one a lot. And this this whole idea that like basically the matrix is matrix is glitching, and so they call it like this haunted house. Um, and this I really, also, what I really oh, like also sorry. about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll just finish this. It was the yeah. fact that it was you know glitching, and they have this story of the cat reminds me of like the deja vu moment from the Matrix. And I think this ties into what they were talking about, um, and the characters that they introduce in the second movie are you know some of them that have been around for the other matrixes because this the version of the matrix they're in now isn't the current the current one isn't the first you know if they've progressed through them and i think this is what we're seeing is an older version of the matrix that she's in but they Hmm. had uh ghosts and vampires and, and werewolves and other things apparently at some point in some of the other versions of the matrix and then decided eh, no we're not going to have those uh in this version because they they fuck things up and i think this kind of ties into that a little bit kind of showing them you know showing us some of the things that they've tried to do uh in past matrixes to kind of tie into that a little bit yeah that's really cool i didn't get i didn't realize all that but that makes makes it even more interesting frankly um i i wrote down that you two are both too old to have <laughs> caught this but i as oh, i was watching <laughs> i swore to god i was i was listening to the person who voiced phil and lil from the rugrats and i'm guessing you two didn't watch the rugrats i have no no okay uh, i have yeah. never watched no rugrats. i didn't watch See, rugrats uh you both suck no, I the reason I didn't watch Rugrats is because um I was yeah, I was too old for that. But um Thank you. Know. Exactly. But, but so I, I will give you that, but I have caught an episode here or there. I just didn't actively watch the damn show. Yeah, I used to love the Rugrats and we've actually been watching it recently because it's on Hulu, so we've been watching a little bit of it. And I totally was right. Phil and Lil, the person who voices Phil and Lil Rugrats is on this. Her name is Kath so saucy saucy i don't know whatever but she voices phil and all the rugrats and she played one of the characters in here so i was very happy with myself nailed it <laughs> I, i'd say something i'm trying not to sneeze on podcast <laughs> i'm finding it pretty hard oh, yeah I, I i didn't really like this one so much no no i thought it was a bit of a throwaway now the truck that they drove to the haunted house site though Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not a truck from their timeline, right? Because everybody seemed so awestruck about that truck because it looked so weird. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that was like a a Matrix truck from a different timeline or a different version, but it just seemed out of place for that scenario. No, you're um, right. It did. And I think that would make sense kind of to what um, Ash was talking about. If it's, yeah. you know, different times. Yes. So to me, this was a bit of a like I I don't really care, you know. Mm. I yeah, thought this so. one was just kind of charming. I guess is the word I'd use. So sure, I, I, I can I see that. That was interesting. But if I'm looking for a matrix sex, I'm not getting it in this one. No, no, you're not. I'm really not getting in this nope, one. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, no. But it is kind of cool to see how they would fix a glitch in the matrix. Right. Yeah. I suppose you know, but yeah, they could have do it a lot sexier. Hmm. Then next up, we had a detective story written and directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. God, I cannot pronounce names to save my damn life. Anyway, 
I absolutely fucking loved the art style in this one. Like this film noir, black and white art style. You know what it reminded me of? What's that? Max Payne. Oh. When we watched that. Well, that's that's noir as well. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I was thinking more Dick Tracy or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oh, definitely all that too. A, what's that? Right. Any gumshoe, you know. Right. Mike, Mike Hammer. And I thought uh, it was confused. very cool because like it's like it has this like 1930s feel to it. You know, this film noir feel. And look, yeah, the detective is like in 90s message boards and forums trying to find Trinity and I just loved like the juxtaposition between these two very distinct eras. I thought that worked really, really well. And I also like the fact that it was Morpheus looking for Trinity. So we kind of know where in a timeline right. this story falls into place. Yep, exactly. I loved like when the detective goes to that wherever it was and like in the background is Find the Red Queen written in graffiti. Oh, such mm-hmm. a beautifully drawn shot. So awesome. And of course, that's in red. Everything else is in black and exactly. white. So yeah, so, yeah. it's so hard awesome. to miss. Yeah. Um. And Trinity's back with her bug sucking device. I liked that. Takes it mm-hmm. out of the guy's eye this time. But when was he infected? I well, he has a flashback because she said, "Like, did you have a dream a couple nights ago of oh, having eye right. surgery?" And he's like, "Yeah, I did." But why would they infect him? Because yeah, I don't know. You know, so is it because they knew Morpheus was going to call him or did Morpheus contact him and then like, hey, we got to, we got to mark this guy. Yeah. So to me, that was a little weird. Yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't think about it too hard to be honest, but. And and at the same time, he's had a lot of PIs go nuts or die Mm -hmm. from trying to find Trinity. Right. He, he finds her, but he dies. Yeah. So she's not any close to Morpheus. With this PI. Exactly. Or Morpheus isn't any closer to her. Like, and she knows what the outcome is going to be knowing the scenario at hand. You know? Yeah. It, it was, to me, it was a little confusing at the end. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she gets away, but she must already know that Morpheus wants to find her because all these other PIs have died or gone mad trying to find her. Right. So, uh, as much as I like the, the idea of this story and I love the style... Mm-hmm. The ending led my led me to scratch my head. Yeah, I agree with you. And I thought like the goodbye between Mr. Ash and Trinity was strange. Like it seemed really over the top for how little they actually like knew of each other. They just they acted like they were like old friends or something. I don't know. It was really strange to yeah. me. Well, he he boards the train after solving her puzzle, mm-hmm. and then the agents come, and then she escapes. He dies. End the story. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Nothing was accomplished whatsoever. Right. I really wanted that one to go on longer just because I loved the art style so much. And I was a little disappointed that it didn't. Well, who doesn't like a detective story? Uh, yeah, you know? exactly. Next up, we have uh, next and last. The la- last that. one. We have last one. Matriculated. Yeah. And this, like I said, was written and directed by Peter Chung. Um, and I, right from the get-go, I was thinking, oh, my God, like this is Eon Flux. And I had to look it up and I was like, oh, yep, this is, that's why it is. Because it's from the creator of Eon Flux, Peter Chung. Um, And this art style is so nostalgic for me because I remember being way too young and falling asleep at my uncle's house. Um, He would fall asleep with like MTV on. And in the middle of the night, I'd wake up and Eon Flux would be on. And it would always just like fascinate me. And I, I, 
couldn't look away. And it was probably, you know, mostly because of like the sex factor, you know, just this strange mm-hmm. art style and this almost naked woman. Um, I don't just such a weird fucking show. And so it's it's very nostalgic for me for that reason. And it's actually, I really want to watch this show again. I really want to check out Ian Flux to see uh, if I, love I actually enjoy I it or what. I love yeah, I believe much. there's a col- yeah, there's a collected edition as well on DVD. Yes, recently oh, okay. it came out within the last few years, so you're able to get the whole like complete series I in think, one uh, box set. Yeah, they, I think it's they, actually it's on ex- Netflix or Hulu. Um, but yeah, they had a uh, they actually had it out way back when when the uh, PSP was out. You could actually get oh. it on on the fucking disc. Uh, UMD, the yeah. UMD disc. UMD yeah, disc. yeah. You could actually get the whole series. That's on the funny. UMD disc. It's probably because the movie was coming out at that point, so there was yeah, popular I think so. again. Probably, but you know, because <laughs> I remember which I never it. saw. Yeah, no, I, I haven't either. I haven't either. I've never heard good things about it, so I never really watched it. Um, See, but I, I, I definitely I want to watch it. the series and then check it out. I liked the one you're talking about the the one with uh, Shirley Theron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the movie. Okay, if you actually take a uh, if take it as the movie, because like the whole idea behind the originally behind the Anne Flux was she was a clone and she constantly got killed at the end of every fucking episode. Oh right, of, right. Um, oh really? That because they were originally part of the shorts of uh mtv's unplugged or something like that or uh, yeah. yes, was it like yes, li- yes, liquid yes. animation yes liquid television that's it um yeah that's it. she okay. would get right. killed off at the end of every fucking episode so when they actually made it like an animated show each episode is almost its own continuity and they hmm. kind of tie together because they use the same characters but like yeah shit happens and one doesn't necessarily happen or affect the others and if you think about it like that when you're looking at the Anne flux film you know it she's this could be you know just another aeon and a long line of aeon clones and everything else mm. i mean they they even managed to do scathander right the, the one of the other spies with the uh feet for hands for feet uh she's in the, <laughs> the live action film too uh and um trevor trevor isn't as smarmy in the film but the actor they got playing him was really well done uh but it if you t- think of it as not replacing the show, but kind of being like kind of like an alternate reality using the same characters. It works because uh, it, it's still them. It's just and it's just like the show. It's just another take on the same characters. Yeah, that's interesting. I really I, I got to check that out. Definitely have to. With um with matriculated, though, right from the beginning, like I wrote down, like I'd be lying if I said I had literally any idea what was going on. Um, <laughs> But then we get. Then we get into some dialogue, and I love this exchange. She's um, the, whoever the guy was. He says, "So dreaming lets you know that reality exists," and she replies with, "No, just that my mind exists. I don't know about the rest." I really like though that little exchange between those two. I thought that was very cool, and mm-hmm. and the main character looks just like Ian Fleck. Like she's like half naked, running around in her panties the entire time, and like the shirt. And I was like, "Yep, very nostalgic for me. I love that." And this is something I noted at the end of all my notes here is that mm-hmm. most of the women end up in their underwear. Underwear, yeah, exactly. And like, aren't they cold? Like the Matrix seems like a cold <laughs> universe. Oh, you know, it's all Japan. steel and metal. But like she's in her gitch most of the time. Mm-hmm. Then you got the uh, ninja girl. She ends up leaving. You know, the after punching her her buddy out. Yep. Exactly. In big care and underwear. And then you've got the girl from the first one in her underwear as well. Uh, 
the Wachowskis enjoy the panties. Right. They definitely do that. They do. Um, I thought it was interesting because like this one goes from this, you know, very Ian Flux art style. And then it kind of jumps to this other art style that was very reminiscent of um, like the second and third short, the Renaissance. Um, mm-hmm. It was like super colorful, almost kaleidoscope like again. And I was like, man, this is crazy. But then I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like it was definitely losing me. Well, this one was my least favorite because the whole point of them is to convert the robots one by one to turn good through sexually. Because remember, the robots that had the green eyes, they were converted. And the robots with the red eyes were like their Matrix robots. Yeah. So they're kind of one at a time playfully teasing them sexually Mm. to, to fight for them. Not to reprogram them because that's not what they're all about. But they had to voluntarily choose to to start fighting for the humans. Fucking stupid! I hated this short. That's weird. See, I didn't. I didn't even get that. I was just kind of taken away by the visuals, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's strange. And then because like then you go from that kaleidoscope like two D to like this almost faux three D art style, um, which I just don't like. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I was I was so torn on this one, um, and, but then finally the the sentinels show up, and then we get all of what you were talking about. So we kind of get out of this dreamlike sequence, which I thought was just annoying and boring. Um, I don't know. That was it was just strange, and I was lost on it most of the time. I guess I don't really have much else to say about this one. Do you? Do you have yeah. any, anything else on this I, one? I no, did not this, like this one at yeah. all. Yeah, this one was. Other than the art, which I thought was fun, uh, this was probably my least favorite of them. Yeah. Okay. I I just think that the the idea of this one was dumb. Okay. You know, you know, like to, to, to sexually or oh, to to titillate this robot to start fighting against his own kind by you know prancing around in underwear in a virtual reality world, and then the last girl dies. Robot plugs her in so they can be together, and then she freaks out and runs away. Uh, no, I, I just I just did not like this one at all. Maybe I would have liked it better if it was more in the middle, but it, it being the last one in the um, in this collection, at least the way it was played for us in North America, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't like it at all. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think they probably should have ended it with their strongest entry, which was Flight of the Osiris. Cause honestly, I would agree. Yeah, honestly, the way they've got it arranged on the DVD... Nine times out of ten, I pop it in. I watch Flight of the Osiris, and it's like, yeah, I don't need to watch any of the other ones now. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just right. yeah. up in the other movies. Yeah. All right. So that is all nine short films for The Animatrix. So with that in mind, Ash, what are your final thoughts and your star rating for The Animatrix? Um. Well, I think... I, I liked them expanding the universe. Uh, I liked getting kind of a look at the past and everything else. And I liked, you know, everything leading up through it. But uh, some of the shorts, the shorts the, in the order they're on, on the disc, it, it's not a great order. And it, they've got it ordered kind of like, you know, a, a, a rock star, you know, puts songs on the album. You know, I'll put all your good hits on the front and load the back end with crap. Uh, and it, it, if they put them in kind of either like a, not necessarily a chronological order, but like kind of a, I don't know. I, I just don't like the order and I'd have to think about how I'd want it. But, 
still though, there's more good here than bad. Uh, and I didn't regret buying the disc way back when I still don't because it's still a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to give it a solid three out of four. Perfect. So we get three stars from Ash. And what about you, Mark? Um, so again, like I mentioned earlier, I was not looking forward to rewatching this, uh, series of shorts just because I remember it leaving a bad taste in my mouth. So I was actually quite surprised how much I enjoyed them this time around. Um, up until the last short, I thought they were all pretty solid, uh, even though some left my head scratching, um, like in uh, World's Record and A Detective Story. But uh, as a whole, I thought it was still a solid group of short films, which expands the universe, which was the whole point. Um, I thought that the uh, film is more top-heavy when it comes to quality. I think they, they shot their load uh, pretty hard in the beginning, and then it starts to peter out at the end. Um, so, as a whole, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would give this three out of four stars as well. All right, and three from Mark. So, I'm going to give my final thoughts on my star rating, but in the meantime, I'm going to ask you guys to list your top three in order and your least favorite. So, okay. three, two, one, and your least favorite. So, think about that while I'm talking for a couple seconds here. So the Animatrix is a sometimes strange, sometimes fascinating, deeper look into the world of the Matrix. I really enjoyed some of these, but I found a couple others to be pointless or just plain confusing. The voice acting I thought was great all around with one notable exception, and that was uh, Kid's Story, which I thought was poorly acted. There is an eclectic mix of art styles. There's an eclectic mix of storytelling techniques. So... Everyone is bound to find something that they enjoy with the Animatrix. I guess my biggest complaint to this, though, is just that it, it doesn't feel essential. There isn't really anything here that I felt was unmissable. Frankly, if I had seen this short film collection before this arc, I might have suggested we skip it. Because as far as I can tell, this doesn't really give us anything specific that we couldn't get otherwise. So, yes... This is an enjoyable set of short films in a very cool universe, in un, cool universe, and it helps build more backstory and depth. But it just it for me it lacked that must see tag that I was hoping it would have. So I'm giving the Animatrix two and a half out of four stars. So we got two three stars and a two and a half stars. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty close together. Exactly. So excellent. So. My, I'll start with my number three. Okay. I would put the first, the final flight of the Osiris at number three, my number three favorite. Ash, what would be your number three favorite in this set? Uh, okay, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna actually, because the second Renaissance is basically two parts, I'm counting that as one. Yeah, me too. I am, I am too. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go with Kid's Story for number three. Oh, okay. Very good. And what about you, Mark? What's your number three? Uh, program. Okay, perfect. And what my for my number two, I would put the Second Renaissance at number two. What about you, Ash? Uh, yeah, Second Renaissance. Okay. And Mark? Same for me, Second okay. Renaissance. And f for worst film, my least favorite, I think I know what you two would put. What is your least favorite, Mark? I matriculated. Okay, and what about you, Ash? 
Yep. <laughs> yep. Matriculated. I, I okay. like the art style, but it just it didn't do anything for me. So. Gotcha. And my least favorite was World Record. I just thought that one was it just didn't do anything for me at all. Um so number one, my number one would have to be Pilgrim. I loved that one. Um Pilgrim. <laughs> Pilgrim. <laughs> program, excuse me. I really okay. liked program. And so I'd put program number one. What about you, Ash? What's your favorite short out of these? I'm going with the final flight of the Osiris. I think it's it's my favorite out of all of them. Uh, it, awesome. it it ties in the most to the films, I think. Uh, besides besides uh, uh, kids' story, um, and it just kind of it sets up. Well, it sets up the video game, but it all you know the the uh, the video game, but it also it also kind of gives you an idea of some of the stuff that's going on with other crews out in the matrix universe. So I, I just kind of like that. Awesome. And what about you, Mark? What's your favorite short from the animatrix? Oh, final flight as well. I think it's the most, uh, appealing to me, uh, animation wise. Uh, I would watch a full fledged feature using that art style without any doubt. Um, it's a, it's the selling point of the animatrix. And to me, it's, the most fleshed out. It's the one I enjoy the most. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I liked the pro I liked program so much that I really want to like track down some of the director's other work. Um, it looks like he did do vampire hunter D bloodlust. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And so I might have to track that down and check it out. Cause I I just loved it so much. I wish I could find something. Oh yeah. Ninja scroll. The original Ninja scroll is fucking brutal. Uh, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll try that one. Like if you like violent anime, yeah, you'll love that yeah. shit. Uh, is that but, more like the um, same kind of setting in terms of like this like samurai or um, uh, um, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, Ninja Scrolls definitely medieval kind of medieval fantasy Japan. Uh, so okay. it, it's it's kind of that setting. Uh, but it, there's a lot then. of like uh, demons and shit running around and a lot of blood and destruction. And yeah, it's gory as fuck. <laughs> awesome but yeah that's, vampire that's going D on the list yeah vampire hunter d bloodlust i i own that uh for a very good reason because it is fucking awesome <laughs> oh very cool yeah i have to check it out because I, I loved it so yeah excellent so that is animatrix so next week we will talk about the matrix reloaded Awesome. So before we call it a day, let's move over to Slasher Season 1. So we are talking about Episode 3 and Episode 4. So Episode 3 is titled... uh, Uh, Like as fire eateneth up and burneth wood. Even the fucking title is stupid as hell. (laughs) Episode... uh, So that originally aired March 11th, 2016 to 0.067 million viewers. Then episode four, which is arguably even dumber, as water is corrupted unless it moves. Oh, I just shaking my head. Yeah. Debuted March 18th, 2016 to 0.067 million viewers. So Mark, since you refuse to let us stop watching this horrendous piece of shit, you get to yes. take the lead this week and talk about what we learned in these two episodes or or however you want to attack it. We have to finish what we start. Says as saith, as saith the Lordeth. Um <laughs> Which she has a new album that came out last year. It's really good. <laughs> it is. Um, so fantastic. 
I'll be honest. I watched this last night. And it had been two weeks because I'm only watching it before the podcast. I was actually a little lost some characters because we start the third episode and they arrest a chick. Uh, what's her name? Heather. Heather Peterson. And I'm like, who the fuck is Heather Peterson? So I actually had to pause the show and jump on IMDb to get a look at the actress. And I still had no clue who she was. It's the crazy Heather lady, Pe- right? Exactly. She's a crazy lady, which we don't find out till the end of the episode or maybe the next one. Um, So, okay. So now, after watching four episodes. There will be spoilers for these first four episodes. So just keep that in mind. There will be spoilers. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, that's okay. There will be blood. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now we've seen four episodes. Now, so there's a pattern to these to these episodes. So one person close to her uh, main character, Sarah Bennett, will get killed mm-hmm. until who knows what, right? Um, and I thought Netflix had glitched because when I st- went to, to the next slash episode, it started me up on season two, episode one. Yeah, I don't know why it's the doing way that, that they're listening. I don't know why they're listed backwards. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. So when I'm starting this new episode and it's starting with a like 1966 problem, I'm like, fuck, am I watching season two? I had to actually get out and jump back in. Um, so let's talk about the kills, okay? okay. Um, uh, so the killer, again, targeting people around, uh, Sarah Bennett. But now, I found these last two. I'm, tr- I'm trying to, to to formulate my words carefully here, mm-hmm. but I feel like the story has not progressed a single iota since we watched the first two episodes. And um, you would be e- right, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, episode three starts with the scenario of a girl dying on her prom night, and we find out that it's her grandma who threw a cinder block over a bridge to target a car or target somebody in the car, yeah. but it wasn't malicious, but she was still trying to attack someone in the car. She just hit the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the killer kills her for it by attaching her to a cinder block and throwing her in the, in the river. Now, right. at first I thought this was the, the killer would be the police officer. His name of, uh, uh, Cam Henry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the blonde cop. Um, but after being run off the road by a mysterious black pickup truck, the grandma tells Sarah why she's so worried and then runs off and then gets caught right away by the killer and gets killed. Right. So obviously it can be Cam Henry because it was a cold case and he's a cop. So it had to be it had to be someone that's old enough to know of the local lore or someone that, that knows that she's gonna kill, even though she claims she hasn't told anybody and she's lived with this for the her whole life. The killer probably snaps her up and kills her. So I'm like, what? How, how, like how? You know, if, if she's never told anybody, how does the killer know that she killed someone? Well, yeah. I see. So, so the killer. Ha- yeah, go ahead. I was just say it's interesting that you're now off the cop, and I'm kind of on the cop. I feel like you made a good point last week, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like he's probably the best suspect we have at this point. I agree, 
but why why pounce on her now when she used to live there like why do it now unless he's going and how does he know about it like i i, well, I just, that, that that's my thing is like how does he know because it, i mean he's a cop maybe he just figured it out and because he's a serial killer he didn't like turn it in he wanted to take care of it himself and he's deciding to fuck with her now because sarah's back i don't i don't know i i have no idea yeah. now me still think he's the killer would make sense in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but for like the fire eateneth upon us, uh, sloppy Joe's, was it? Uh, yeah. like, like this, like, <laughs> like as fire uh, eateth like, up like and as, burneth wood. Oh, I, I, so pompous. Like, I, I know. I, I, I'm not hate watching this show, but I'm so disinterested. I'm forcing myself to watch. Yeah, I'm whatever. Which the means I'm forcing. Watching I'm is. forcing you guys to watch it. So, right. oh no, no, no. I've <laughs> yeah, already watched it, this. Remember, right, oh, that's true. Right. When I so, watched so, it, bear in mind, I was not just watching this. I was like okay. playing video games and had it on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, like me and Melissa were watching this together, but she's on her phone watching. I'm watching, watching. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, and yeah, it's really, it is really bad. And fuck, Netflix just came out with two or three new horror TV shows in the last like three weeks. Yeah. I'm like, of all the wealth of shit that they have, I know. And we pick this. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Not, not me, but I wouldn't be who picked it. <laughs> it, um, it matched the number of episodes we needed. So it just felt like it Oh, fit. the other show is subtitles. I'm so tired of reading subtitles, said this person I'm not going to name. Um, hey, yeah, hey, so, hey, he yeah, has so, a problem so, with math too remember exactly. <laughs> yeah and and, and uh, asian names so, <laughs> yes uh so it's a trifecta but yeah so really this i i i found i found this episode really accomplished nothing but set up the kill of the week and that's it yeah uh we, we do find out that the gay couple the guy who died last episode uh he really puts the couple in debt mm-hmm. and now our crazy um, taxidermist once uh, is yeah. having issues with him, so uh, which will stupid. which we'll get to shortly. Um, but yeah, it it really didn't propel the story at all. So we still don't know why um, Sarah is being harassed by this killer. I think mm-hmm. we've realized that the killer had multiple attempts to kill her and never has. So I don't think she's the uh, she's a target, but she's technically a victim because they're killing people all around her. Yeah, go figure. Right. Um, I mean, like, I was happy things? to see the grandma die because, as we find out, she's just a real piece of shit, paralyzing yeah. and, and basically killing her friend when they were in high school. If she's alive, but is yeah, she really it, alive? it was. She, she did have a sexy sex scene in a hallway with the mayor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was so fucking. St- oh, I just I I, I I almost texted you. I'm like, oh, dude, this is so sexy. <laughs> I did it because I'd be lying. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I just, whatever. This episode really didn't pro- do anything else. I can't even think of anything else interesting that happened. No, because they, 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 they uh, yeah, they, they uh, brought the crazy lady back, Heather back to her house. Right. Uh, she started ranting again, I think in the next episode, but let's skip the next one. Yeah, go for uh, it. Which is episode 1.4 as water is corrupted unless it moves. Uh, it scores <laughs> 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, whatever. Um, so in this one, obviously they haven't watched the episode. <laughs> yeah, obviously they're playing video games as they're watching this. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? The only reason why I see it could be higher is because you see that blonde almost half naked. She is gorgeous. 
beautiful woman. Um, June Henry, played by Jessica Sipos, S I P O S, which according to IMDb, she was in uh, Ascension, Legion of Tomorrow, Dark Matter. So a lot of uh, well, Dark Matter is a Canadian sci-fi film as well or TV show. Yes, and yeah. uh, but I, I think she's very cute. Anyways, so in this one, um, for who died in this one? Is it Trent? Oh yes. Okay. So. Uh, again, another cold case where a girl was uh, reported missing and has been found since. And apparently, our taxidermist, who at the time was a ambulance uh, driver, or yeah. I guess an EMT, I should a say. Paramedic, yeah. A paramedic. Um, he had just worked a long shift, saw her on the side of the road, said she was okay, and then instead of picking her up, bring her to the hospital for a 22-hour shift, decided to leave her be, and then she was never seen again. Um, so the killer, again, uh, it's something that nobody knows about, and it's only f- through some uh, some camera work with uh, some CTV cameras around yeah. that they discover that he was there. Um, oddly enough, so so he gets killed by the killer by being thrown into a pit with snakes, and he was snake-bitten and dies. Yeah, Great. Which he so was now a complete another complete piece of shit. Like he attacks yeah. the man whose husband just died over a bad check. Like yeah, I, it's just yeah. I just hate these characters. Yeah, he has his issues as well. Now asshole characters could be a lot better. Mm-hmm. I find his character was one uh, poorly acted and poorly written. Right. Nobody in real life would act like this guy. Like he's over exactly. assholing himself. Exactly. You know what I mean? It just feels his his. His hick, I drive a big truck, mm-hmm. so I have a small penis persona, doesn't work for me. And how did he get to this point? Because he was in the I, no, I, I found it very authentic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not sure why he's now just a taxidermist and drinks a lot Yeah, anymore. I don't know either. Uh, th- th- that was really weird. Maybe his guilt of not picking her up forced him to quit and then he started drinking and now he's just an asshole that could be. i don't know i don't know but so he dies the killer somehow knows this as well and uh, at the end of the episode we find an alternate uh, uh angle of the uh no pardon me so the uh the camera angle saw him talking to the girl and then drives off but I guess to, to drop off the ambulance, they have to take a certain route. And another camera catches the passenger seat that has June um, June Henry in it, which is Cam Henry's wife, uh, the guy we think is the killer. Yeah. So And that's she important gets super- because she claimed that she was already not with him at that point. Exactly. She claims she was not with uh, with him at the time of him seeing the girl and uh, not picking her up. So now when he dies, she feels overly guilty and claims there was nothing sexual between them. But obviously there was probably something. I think there was. And because she mentions that like there was an affair earlier on, but they because um, she says like her and Cam went to counseling or whatever and they worked through it. Sure, whatever. Yeah. I probably want to take a piss at the time. I, <laughs> I don't know. 
so so now uh, we find out that she was in the, in the ambulance at the time and did nothing either. So now he's dead. She feels guilty, gets hammered. Um, next thing you know, the killer captures her, and the episode ends with her lying in the field with the rats coming out of some, uh, I guess, some out of corn. Yeah, and um, she's covered in honeycomb. So she's completely naked, but with honeycomb covering her private parts. Yeah. And frankly, I thought this was actually a pretty cool, like gruesome idea for her to be eaten alive by the rats. Um, Yeah. I mean, and she's just, she is stunning. So that's not bad either. Yes. She's probably the prettiest girl on the show. No. Yeah. Um, No doubt. No doubt. But I do like, I do do like her main character, but she looks too much like a a Twitch streamer that I've seen once or twice. I'm like, I'm turning (laughs) up her personality. That's funny. but um, as for like plot points, again, not too too much. Um, Sarah's husband Dylan, yeah, um, went to talk to Tom Winston, uh, the the first killer in jail. Only if Katie would hand him a lock of her hair's memento, which is creepy, but that's his character, right? Understandable. She says no, so he takes a hairbrush and gives him the the hair out of her hairbrush. But he asked for a lock of hair, and Dylan gives him a baggie full of stray hairs. Right. I'm like, that's not a lock of hair, re- you know, yeah. retard. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you can believe retard out, I'm tired. Uh, but, like, that's not a lock of hair. That's just strands of hair out of a brush. And he just gives it to him, like, it looks like pubes. <laughs> like, it really does. Not that she'd have really long pubes, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so, like, Tom actually accepting <laughs> these stray hairs, I'm like, really? Like, Anyways, it's dumb. This show's dumb. But I'm still going to watch it because it makes you hate watch it. Um, yeah. But that's <laughs> like, all for this that's episode. That's the other thing like, I hate so much about this episode. Like, so clearly uh, the husband and the wife, I don't even fucking, Sarah and uh, Dylan, is that what you said? Uh, uh, Sarah and Dylan, yeah. They are clearly drifting apart. But they're yeah. both like clearly, you know, kind of flirting with other people or interested in other people. Sarah with oh, the sure. cop cam and then... Um, Dylan with the like the head writer of this bigger newspaper, whatever the fuck's going yeah. on there. And At least like, follows, I like, think. What? This is so stupid. And like the idea that the husband is going to agree to give two weeks notice, leaving his wife, who is being yeah. haunt- hunted by a serial killer, to fend for herself. Like seriously, it's bullshit. that's pretty weak. It's unrealistic. Yeah. Unrealistic. It's just fucking stupid. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she'd sue me if I didn't. No, go fuck yourself, man. Like, you're a fucking terrible husband, terrible person. And I almost hate you now as much as I hate Sarah, which I didn't think was going to be possible. Just just die already. Like, I Team fucking hate everybody. Team Sarah. <laughs> oh, and and I, I was telling Melissa this too. I'm like, so Sarah set up a art studio in this small hick town. Yeah. Who's going to buy art? And then one of the big pieces <laughs> right. is a like watercolor of her husband. Exactly. Who's going to buy that for the, like, yeah, I'm going to put this in my game room. Why? Like, it's a painting of your husband. Leave that at home. Nobody's going to buy that. Yeah. Um, So, so, yeah, it's, it's, this show just, it's so misconstructed. It is. You know, I'm just, I'm glad we are officially halfway through at this point. Who do you think, who do you have as the killer still or now? Well, I've got two. So I still have Cam Henry Mm because I'm thinking, he doing this his wife is actually kind of plausible. Yeah, exactly. As yes. as yeah. a killer, I'm like, I wouldn't do that to my wife. Yeah, you probably could, you psycho. So <laughs> I'm thinking it might still be him, but I'm also thinking it's maybe the priest that's t- talking to Tom. 
Yeah, that that's an option too. And his whole, I just don't understand what's going on there either. And I it, just don't care. To me, I'm thinking he's become a disciple of the Tom. But, yeah, uh, that could be. But I would still like for the cop to be the killer just because he's right. too clean cut and he's got too much of a perfect side haircut. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I- I'm hoping it's him. Yeah. All right. So halfway done with that. Halfway done. How, right. how many stars are you giving the season so far? Um, zero. Unrated oh. so far. I'm I'm going to give it a, a one Oof. for sure so far. Oof. A one. What about you, Ash? Um, what? Well, are we talking just these episodes or overall so far? Yeah, just up so yeah. far, halfway through. H- halfway through. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a one and a half to two. I, I and mean, the kills Ooh. are 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 nice. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. So I I have to I I would I would give it a half a star at this point. Like I just I genuinely hate it. Like I can't give it zero stars. So. Yeah, I found the kills were better in the first two episodes. Me too. The third one with the drowning, eh. And the fourth one with the snake, eh. So, yeah, yeah, it's got a star so far. It can can work itself up. Right. I did love the honeycomb thing. That's it. You just like the nudity, though, dude. You like nudity, dude. Yeah, who doesn't? Skinny dipping earlier in the episode. You get some side action. That was nice. I would would be so there. (laughs) I'll, I'll skinny dip with you. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this week. (laughs) We will be back next Monday, April 9th, with our review of 2003's The Matrix Reloaded and episodes five and six of season one of Slasher. I promise we are moving on to something different at the end of this arc for this segment. So, Slasher season two. No, no, stay tuned. Oh, something different. Because I I just, it makes it miserable to watch and it's not fun to talk about. And I, it's just, we're moving on to something different after this. But anyway, as always, if you have any questions for us here at the podcast, hit us up on Twitter using that hashtag <laughs> InFilmWeTrust or call us at 1-302-448-TALK or give us a call. No, email us at contact at com. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, which is always the goal. So we appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review and for telling your friends about the show. And another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with you guys there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all those platforms. And Ash, remind our listeners where else they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr under D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Excellent. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Instagram at Mark underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And on Instagram and on Letterboxd at mnado 2 Excellent. You can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And I am on Letterboxd under the same name, but I frankly don't really use Letterboxd too much anymore. So I am there, That's though. That's too bad. It's yeah. too bad. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I And I, I guarantee I'll go through it eventually and like update everything. It's just I take months off at a time from it. It's just what I do. But all right. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ash. Another fun week. Under, yes. Under our belts. So as always, thank you guys for listening to episode 124 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time.